and welcome to episode 423 of the Awesome Comics Podcast, the place where the small press makes one hell of a big noise. My name is Vince Hunt, and joining me as always is the creator of the comic series Vanguard, Dan Butcher. Hello! And the biggest football fan that I know <laughs> on this earth, Mr. Tony Esmond. Yep, looking forward to the new season. You love the kickballs, don't you? I know nothing about it, but you were disparaging about you Glasgow, spent, so I was just defending them. You spent 45 minutes explaining the offside rule to me at one convention. <laughs> Mansplaining it to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and don't believe in about Glasgow. I, I, no, I love Glasgow. Yeah. Speaking of Glasgow. Yes, this week we're going to be joined. It's going to be a podcast, a, lo- a palooza. I'll just try yeah. to mix the words. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be a real jamboree of comics podcast goodness. <laughs> jamboree. Yeah. Yeah. I love the word. I, lo- I love the word jamboree. <laughs> it's not. It's not used enough, if you ask me. Um, but yeah, this week we're joined by the hosts of the Awesome Earth Two podcast, Pete Watson and David Steele. Welcome. Hello. Hello, Hello fellas. Hey, guys. Yes. Thanks very much. It's Welcome. good to have you on. We're big fans. Plus, we ruined your podcast for you, yeah, isn't it? Enhanced, enhanced. That's one way of putting it. He has to say that because he's on this show. Yeah. Um, and our, our lovely listeners may have heard us talking about Earth 2, uh, the podcast, and mm. the fact that we may have inadvertently appeared on an episode. Um, but we love the show, um, and there's going to be lots of uh, comic book talk this week so get, and podcast yeah. talk. Um, so be prepared for lots of good. And a major project, how to how to handle a major project. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, which would frighten me. <laughs> they put far yeah. more work into their show than we ever have <laughs> in the whole of the, <laughs> whole of the podcast. The whole, in the whole, <laughs> just one episode of their show probably had more effort than anything we've done in eight years. So, um, so they're here to tell us how it's done, and. Cool. Uh, do you, do you know how comics should be read these days? Do you know how, how it should be done, guys? On the Comic House app? Oh, it's indeed. Our lovely sponsor, Comic House, um, who support the no show. Script, not even scripted, that was no, it. Not even scripted. I've had the same bit of script here for like probably four <laughs> four years, and I try to mix it up every time. But you can, you can tell the lines that repeat all the time. For instance, Comic House is an indie comic marketplace with a difference. The difference is they love indie comics as much as we do and you lovely people listening at home. There's a huge selection of titles on the Comic House database. If you self-publish, you can list your book on there as well. It's another avenue to get your work out into the world and start selling. But the app is brilliant. It's basically like Netflix for comics. Only £3 a month, which is a crazy good deal. Especially that is a good deal, actually, isn't it? These in, days. in this yeah. world of... Um, I mean, we whinge about prices all the time. But, yeah, every day. But, but £3. <laughs> for those £3, you get access to an enormous library of digital indie comics that's being added to all the time. Is Guess... the Lang Walk on there, Pete? Lang Walk Not yet. Not yet. Not... Oh, okay, good. Yeah, he's heading. He said good. yet, Sorry. though. He said yet. Yeah, be soon. Mm, yeah. yeah. Because uh, lovely guests, past, present, and no doubt future, have added their books to the service. There's a 14 day free trial. And to find out more about what we, the adverts that we ruin, every single week um, you should go to comichouse.com and thank you to them for supporting the show as always very smooth very smooth we're trying to impress the people that the was guests. Well, I tell you what yeah, that was one of the big ones wasn't it yeah, you know, yeah, yeah I think so I was trying I mean, to be impressive I, I, I these mean, two people is it, is it good etiquette for podcasters to really pat themselves on the back on the back when they've done a good sponsorship <laughs> ad uh, I don't oh, know I comic, comics people do that a lot I mean, I mean we're a comic book <laughs> show and we spent the first 10 minutes of last week's show talking about fucking custard 
So, uh, <laughs> do you know what? And it, we, I think we got more listeners. I know, I know. <laughs> I was, I called it the custard episode, and there was a, there, it was slow going on the Monday. <laughs> I was thinking, <laughs> have we off. confused? Have we confused too many people? But thank you to everyone that listened last we, week. We said, should I call it the custard episode? Oh yeah, go on. That'd be funny. <laughs> it's like that. <laughs> to be fair, pod- podcast is a funny thing, isn't it? And um, yeah, because. I love these. I love the Earth Two podcast. I listen to it as soon as it comes out. Sometimes I message Pete like yeah. ten minutes after it's come out, so I really like this bit. And he's like, "How did you get it to it so soon?" But the um, it's weird because when you got, I've had these two guys in my ears in the nicest possible way Pardon? for a long time now, and then I got to meet them both together just purely by coincidence, and I was yeah. a bit fanboyish. I'd like to say, <laughs> "Oh my with word!" You both. Hey, yeah, nice. I, 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 look, we need to. We'll... Talk no leg humping, we'll, but it was close. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about the meat and potatoes there, show in a, in a minute, yeah. but I need to know this. And Tony, be quiet. Let the men talk. Okay. Um, sorry, that was a bit... <laughs> yeah, it's a bit bully. bully. <laughs> <laughs> Toxic masculinity. <laughs> <laughs> Shush you. Um, Pete, David, what was yes. that experience like to have Tony Esmond fanboy over, over you? <laughs> I had loads of questions as well. <laughs> I said, I said well, be quiet. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I, I was gutted, obviously, because he refused a selfie. I'm a demon for a <laughs> selfie. That, that put me in a back, a back foot and ruined my mood for the rest. Yeah, of but the we day. went, we went in the, we went in the manga room, and you made me take my clothes off, so I didn't know what was happening. Untie <laughs> <laughs> in the hentai. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was nice to meet Tony because obviously, you know, we're we're really appreciative of his of his feedback. He's always very positive and encouraging, and it feels like quite often we live in a bit of a vacuum. Yeah, we have a core number of people that um always retweet us or comment on Instagram or Facebook posts, and that's literally only about half a dozen people. So, um, you know, and we don't take them for granted. We're always grateful. So it's just nice to meet someone else, as I always say, so that so that we're kind of aware that we're not shouting into the void every week. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. So, so to before we let, let's just get stuck into it straight away. Because for those who may not have heard the Earth Two podcast, what exactly have, is it? For those who haven't, heard yeah, it's got a big concept, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. To give you the boil in the bag definition, it's a weekly explanation <laughs> of the DC Comics multiverse and the legacy of their Golden Age characters through the Silver and the Bronze Ages of comics. <laughs> there you go. There, there, is, there is a real yeah. zing to that. Almost yeah. as if he's had to say it <laughs> several times. <laughs> yeah. Um, we must emphasize it's the it's the pre-crisis. Yes. The, the end point is is um is Crisis and Infinite Earths, you know, the famous mm. five mini series that boiled it all down to one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean I mean even at the time it was difficult getting your head around it. I remember sort of finally having to work out who everyone was whilst catching up on the DC universe as a sort of young man, you know, pre crisis, if you saw mm. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting concept, isn't it? Mm. Um, yeah. Everything's multiverse now anyway, isn't it? You know, everything yeah. we read about is a multiverse yeah. of some kind. Yeah. Yes, sadly, it is well overdone yeah. these days. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, what inspired to actually like pick this as a, as a concept to obviously give you the because you've got to be passionate about it to want to talk about it and and put a lot of work into it. What inspired it, really? Can I can I tell this bit, Peter? Go for it. Yes. <laughs> long, long time ago, um, about ten, eleven years or so, something like that. Peter had put me onto an X Men podcast called The Danger Room. Okay. Um. Mm-hmm. Which I think is still going. <clears throat> an excellent show. Um, two hosts, Adam and Jeremy, would read through an issue of, a, of an X Men comic or a story featuring the X Men. They would tell the story and 
character style voices and have a little bit of a chat about it. Um, and I listened along to this, and I remember saying to Pete at one point, oh, we could do this, we could do All-Star Squadron, it'd be great. And Peter said, oh, no, but we'd have to do all the the other Jelly JC team-ups and all the other crossovers, and I kind of went, okay, um, right, that sounds like quite a lot of work, maybe not. <laughs> and then fast forward to 2019, and I had um, I got involved in a, a Doctor Who podcast. Should I name it? I don't know, probably not. Yeah, for free, man. Yes, yeah. <laughs> a Doctor Who podcast called The Power of Three, and it's safe to say it didn't get off to the best of starts. Um, <laughs> it took us a long while to kind of find our groove and find our rhythm. Probably helped with the fact that when we started recording, I had only met um, one of the two other people that I, <laughs> that we were recording with in real life. Um, it was quite a while before we all actually did meet face-to-face. And I wasn't really enjoying it. I was finding a lot of it very frustrating. And I said to Peter, you know, one of many times that I was in, seeing him at work and was just moaning and saying, oh, this is doing my nut in, blah, blah, blah. And Pete said, very, very, um, very perceptively, he said, "If you weren't on the podcast, would you listen to it?" And I said, "No, I wouldn't." Uh, and then he, oh, did. interesting, okay. And then he said, "Well, what would you listen to?" And I said, "I'd listen to that blooming thing we talked about doing years ago, where we <laughs> did a single, just the society story in the Silver Age and Bronze Age, <clears throat> and did all the, you know, all that sort of stuff." And by this point, Peter had been doing a podcast for for the shop he works in. Um, so he had acquired the technical knowledge mm-hmm. to do it. That, See, know, knowing was... Pete as I do, I'm not. I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if he went. I have this spreadsheet ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> that came yeah, slightly um, later on. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we just kind of went. Well, shall we do it? And we basically, basically, just sort of went. You know, fuck it. Why not? And this was roughly about four years ago. Mm-hmm. And then um, Pete called to mind the first day off he had after that, and we just sat down and talked about it. And I used. I sat down over a couple of nights, used my own knowledge and the helpful resource of Mike's Amazing World of Comics to just basically go through every every month, you know, from 61 when Flash of Two Worlds was published up until the crisis and made worked out a rough sort of timeline of everything that, that we'd cover. And we've added to that since via our own knowledge and some of the ways that we've kind of relaxed and flexed out the, the rules and what we're going to cover. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it kind of came out of... Happily, Power of Three became quite enjoyable until my, you know, my my interest in Doctor Who just completely plateaued, and I'm only on it occasionally now. Um, but you know, we've been we've been working on it now for on on off two for about four years, which is terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Soon <laughs> goes by, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah it does. Passes, doesn't it? Yep. Yeah. So you obviously you had the concept, but then, I mean, it's a completely different kettle of fish than like I don't know three. Three absolute goobers just sitting in a room, just talking about <laughs> bollocks. Yeah, just which, which bollocks is that? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't narrow it down. That could just be a blanket statement. <laughs> um, so, well, I mean, up? you you did have a load of rules. I know you mentioned rules mm. there, Pete, uh, mm-hmm. David, but you did have a road, and you kind of, I know you sort of overstep, understep, don't you? You sort of play about with them a bit, but there there is a set of rules. So, for for. A lot of our listeners may not understand the concept of where it was in the Silver and Bronze Age in relation to the different worlds. So what what, what does it involve, if you don't mind me asking? If you, if you could maybe explain that a little bit. Well, basically, if there's any story in DC Comics that involves a parallel Earth or, in some cases, other dimensions, uh, we're right. trying to cover all of those stories, not just the Earth 2 stories. Earth 2 is just a catch-all because that's the most well-known alternate uh, okay. universe. Hmm. 
Uh, but but Silver also... Age is full of wackiness like that, isn't it? It's oh, wackiness. it's glorious, absolutely <laughs> glorious. Yes, the stories we've uncovered. We also, as part of our research and everything, we discovered most well. Most people think that the multiverse started with the Flash of Two Worlds storyline, where you know Barry Allen meets Jay Garrick, yeah, uh, the Golden Age Flash. But we've discovered so many stories that involve parallel universes and meeting duplicates that take place before that. It's been a complete okay. eye opener, and we've tried to we've tried to cover all of them as we, you know, chronologically. But however, we do occasionally find ones that we've missed and we do the occasional flashback episode as we call it where we basically jump back and say we kind of missed this one but it ties in with something that's coming up so here's this uh so yeah that was kind of the concept of that yeah. and also the other aspects of the show is legacy and that's basically when someone takes on the mantle okay. of another character and we've also used that for when the same names reused and yeah because you have like manhunter and stuff like yeah, that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The Manhunters episode we did fairly recently was fascinating. Uh, yeah, because really yeah, because we discovered an extra Manhunter that I think no one really knows exists called Rick Nelson, who was uh, a Golden Age Manhunter, but he basically was in one issue, but he was rebranded as Paul Kirk in the next issue. But he's got a different costume; it does look different. And Paul Kirk was the name of a previous character that they used as kind of like a private eye kind of guy uh, yeah. before that, and. It was Simon and Kirby who were doing the that Manhunter run, and it's almost as if they say, "Well, just change him to Paul Kirk," and they did going forward. But there's no reason to. In our head canon, it's basically this guy Rick Nelson was Manhunter for a brief time. Something happened to him, and he passed on the legacy to Paul Kirk, who that existing character. In our head canon, yeah. there's nothing continuity that says that, but in our head canon, that's kind of what we figured out. So, so they weren't as stiff around it all back then, were they? That's the thing. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, and half the fun is trying to make sense of it all, to be honest. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. We we did an episode a couple of months ago, um, prompted by the, the DC, early seventies DC reprint series Wanted. Yeah. Reprinted lots of Golden Age, Silver Age stories with super, you know, headline by big famous sort of or, or or just really just interesting super villains. And there's one story we planned to use, um, which featured Doctor Fate, but then Peter discovered that the character name of the supervillain had been used by three other villains. So we thought, right, we can't just waste it. We need to do an episode on all the guys that share this name. <laughs> um, and that, that's one of the things. I mean, everyone thinks of Legacy as being Hal Jordan falling on from from Alan Scott or Wally West and Barry Allen falling on from Jay Gary. But we're kind of stretching it to to highlight the sort of how often DC reused character names mm -hmm. and stuff. A lot of it's quite interesting. It's, you know... We, we sort of have running gags about when Pete can't sleep at night, he just sits up looking, you know, scrolling the internet for character names being Hang on. Oh, okay. There was a the pause there. <laughs> <laughs> in the same way that I spend, you know, spend my time scanning for foreign reprints of comics that were covered. You know, <laughs> yeah. So it's, um, I, the legacy things that the interesting thing, because initially we just, we were just going to focus purely, the initial, when we first talked, talked about doing it, mm -hmm. we were just going to do, Everything that started with Flash Two Worlds and just had JSA related stories, but then I pointed out there was an issue of World's Finest for Superman and Batman met a different Crimson Avenger, and we were both aware of a different Starman that appeared in Batman stories. So we kind yeah. of we expanded a little bit with that, and then when it came to we'd been doing it for a little while, and we became aware of stories that kind of talked about other dimensions in the same way that they talked about parallel realities. So we sort of thought, right, let's start doing stories with other dimensions because. It, in a lot of cases, it lets us talk about other characters that we might yeah. not have used. 
So we've talked mm-hmm. about the Teen Titans because of other dimensions. We're planning a an issue, um, an episode based on an issue of Weird War Tales because it features another dimension. So it's just it's good because it's given us more of a sense of what else was going on in the DC comics that were being published at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's yeah. it's going to take longer to get through it all because we're doing this, but it's it's mm-hmm. it's more interesting for us, I think, and it stops us from getting bored. I think the thing is with DC compared to Marvel is they, they I kind of see them as leaning into that legacy thing more than Marvel. I know Marvel do mm-hmm. do it now, but it was almost it's almost part and parcel of what DC's about for me. You know, learning when Earth Two Batman did this, and you know what's you know Earth you know Earth Two Superman's costumes like this compared to this one. You know, there's a lot of that going on in there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, good. The other thing I meant to say to you guys is. You know, multiverse is a thing. I, I'm not sure if this is correct, but I heard recently, big shout out to the Breakfast in the Ruins, which is the um, Michael Moorcock podcast I listen to. And he's, That's an excellent show. I love that show. And it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah really um, good. I can't remember the host's name at the minute. Obviously his name. Um, yeah, I can't sounds, To me, he sounds like Howard from Take That, so he's great. Oh, he's great. <laughs> 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 Two episodes based on James Herbert novels, and they're amazing. Oh, new the new English Library did one on them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah, but the thing is, he quotes that the multiverse is a phrase that was invented by Moorcock, and I'm not sure if it is. But whilst DC does predate that, I guess they didn't maybe use that phrase. Is that is that right, guys? Do you know or? Yeah, I mean, I don't think we've had anything. I mean, we've, we're up to 1972. Our starting point was 1961, but we've done stories before, obviously from before that. You know, Wonder Woman and Green Arrow and Tommy Tomorrow stories and stuff. Yeah. I don't think anyone's used the term multiverse yet, have they, Pete? I can't think of any particular instance offhand. No, no. Yeah, it's it's an it's origins of the term. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. It, it may be that um that Michael did coin it. I, I couldn't say. We'll have that's something we'll have to keep our eyes open for. Yeah, these phrases are sort of slowly shifting, aren't they? Gently drifting kind of things. Is yeah. that right? You'd say, yeah. I mean, it's hard to pin it down sometimes, but I mean, no, I, w- I wouldn't put it. I mean, Mor- Morcock was active during that time, wasn't he? During the sixties, yeah. so. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. So, what have been any recording highlights for you guys? Have you? Have, is I mean, I'm guessing there's some stuff here that you haven't read. You know, you haven't. You know, go back and think. Wow, well, fucking hell, that's great. You know. Yeah. Well, we've discovered. Oh, on you go. No, on you go. Okay. Yeah, we've discovered lots of really fascinating stories. Like as Dave mentioned, as David mentioned, there the Tommy Tomorrow story, right. uh, which is actually reprinted in the greatest 1950s stories. I think it is uh, collection, where Tommy Tomorrow goes to parallel earth and basically meets his duplicate but throws him out of a window instantly because he has to take his place which is <laughs> hilarious but stuff like that is just so much fun uh, and a lot of the a lot of the early batman stories and stuff we did to be honest when we started off the podcast our plan was to kind of do a couple of stories and just talk through them uh, pet episodes and we would have just zoomed through the whole thing but then we kind of got to doing what we'd probably call more a dramatic reading, right? Yes. And, yeah. Um, I don't think there are listeners who, listeners who haven't heard your show won't know this yet. I know we haven't yeah. mentioned this yet, but uh, it's it's you do do it. That's where it's different from a lot of podcasts. Is you you read out the comic basically, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's really hard. We got into a habit of um, acting it out properly because once you once you hit that Silver Age Batman series. And you've got the caption, meanwhile, back in the Batcave. No <laughs> oh, I got chills. <laughs> it's, it's, there's there's no other way to do it. And then once you do that and you get into that habit, it's like, well, we're just going to be doing this every week, aren't we? Yes, we are. Yeah. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> the, initial, 
the initial plan that I worked out was that we'd do both parts of it, JLA, JC team ups mm-hmm. and the same If a couple of comics, I think it was one issue of the Atom and one issue of Green Lantern that, that I planned that we'd do together. Because I also listened to, for a while, um, a Defenders podcast called Defenders Dialogue. Yeah. Uh, oh, was it Chris Gold and Brian Keane, I think. Right. And they would tackle three or four issues at a time and just kind of roughly talk through them, talking about their favourite bits, highlights from the letters page. And that was re- really what I thought we'd, we would do as well. But I think we we started to enjoy very much um, doing the character voices and stuff. Yeah, I, I've got really clear memories of us doing stuff like there's a it was a Superman story. Um, I think it was the Goliath Hercules one. Yeah, when I had I had to play a professor, so I mm-hmm. I, I, I did my best Peter Cushing because <laughs> we're sat in my living room and I'm trying to make Peter laugh while we're doing it so he, and he would do the same he would do Brian bless you I am Goliath Hercules and I'm sitting, <laughs> sitting trying not to snigger into my hand so it became a way of initially trying to make, make each other laugh whilst yeah. we were doing it. Um, and then it got to the point where you know we kind of evolved sort of types of voices for different people Um like whenever I try and do Superman, I'm doing my damnedest to try and do Christopher Reeve, but mm. my sort of top voice is to, just to do kind of you know Ed Bishop's you know Captain Blue, if I'm doing right. an American voice. Mm-hmm. But Pete, Pete does Batman in the style of Adam West. And... Well, I have to do Adam West is the more panicky Adam West because normal West sounds a bit too much like the announcer to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I have and to all this be. Elevated <laughs> Batman, and we've also we've also become stuck with a particular way of doing Aquaman because of the way. <laughs> um, and Peter, I know he's told this a couple of times on their own episode, mm-hmm. episode, but I would love Peter to tell you the story of why Aquaman sounds the way he does. Yes, we did. We did a, a fantastic um, Bob Haney story uh, from Aquaman called "From Ogre with Hate." which was obviously a James Bond pastiche. Yeah. Uh, Aquaman and Mira were undercover at this hotel as Mr. and Mrs. Waterman. Which <laughs> Named after Dennis, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And... Lots of jokes about writing the theme tune. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and uh, basically, uh, we thought, right, this is a whole 60s Bond pastiche. So I have to, I have to do Aquaman like Sean Connery. You know, sort of just yes, yes, Mira, we shall go and we shall take on the huntress. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we've done a really enough. Scottish I know you said that because you stick with them, don't you? Because I know, um, who's the lady who does um, the southern bell voice? Um, yeah, oh, Black, Black Canary, yeah, Black Canary. Doesn't well, a friend of somebody does it has to they've had to stay with that now, haven't they? Because yeah. the first, yeah, yeah, we've yeah. had a couple of people um, do Black Canary, yeah, yeah, it started off with. I started off with uh, Vincent from my work doing uh, Black Canary, and then <laughs> right, okay. uh, David's done Black Canary a few times. And my wife Christine's done Black Canary as well, and uh, David's pal Kelly's done Black Black Canary gets around a lot. My goodness, don't be like uh, that. Yeah. Don't be like that. <laughs> yes, everyone's done Black Canary. because <laughs> yeah. uh, Vin was a big fan. Vin, Vin didn't know too much about. Um, Black Canary, so they did it as a sort of they were sort of influenced by their memories of Harley Quinn in the, the Batman animated series, you know, the, the Daft Pudding sort of thing. So yeah, yeah. It, it, it did it as a Southern Belle. So you know, so we just sort of kept that. So part of the trouble <laughs> poor Kells when she was having to do her lines recently, it was sort of like I was kind of saying, like, um, 
we've always kind of done this kind of you know kelly just thought she was going to just say the lines in their own voice and it was like no she <laughs> attempts an american accent and try and make her sound a bit southern and she's like <laughs> right okay <laughs> <laughs> um but it, yeah it turned out quite well not yeah. as good as mm-hmm. not as good as the guy who played little john though he was fantastic very good <laughs> very good i didn't know it was you i was listening to it and yeah the character voices things a lot of fun like um because I, I start I, I do wildcat generally and was trying to do a kind of sylvester stallone sort of thing because you know ted grant's oh, a book be good yeah, yeah. whenever i do ray palmer i try and do him like brandon routh and legends of tomorrow you know that sort of thing yeah Pete Hawkman, a bit of a, a John Hurt sort of pompous sort of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you do you do a Gal Gadot for Wonder Woman, don't you? Yes. <laughs> probably sounds nothing like her, to be honest. But, um, yeah. I'm sure it works for the audience. Yeah. Works um, for me. Character voice is a lot of fun because I, I don't. I'm, you know, as I said earlier on, when Adam and Jeremy were doing the X Men podcast, they would they would give Jean Grey a very squeaky voice or you know, exaggerated <laughs> sort of teen voices if they were doing Katie Pride or some of the younger X-Men. But we kind of, we eventually, we stopped trying to make each other laugh very quickly and decided mm. to try and make it a bit more serious because we didn't want it to sound like we were doing daft, silly voices every week. Because, yeah. you know, what yeah. people know that we are taking it seriously? Yeah. Not ripping the piss completely. Yeah. 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 But still make it entertaining, yeah. 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 Every so often there's a crowd scene or there's a scene with um, a, a the, the pantheon of Greek gods, so we get to kind of you know show off a little bit and be a bit silly. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Yeah, the thing is as well is you. So for those that don't haven't li- yet listened, but you need to, is you do the the read through. But then the other thing I find fun is you go forward two or three issues, don't you? And you find the letters that were written about. That's a great touch. Uh, yeah, about yeah. that issue, yeah. and it's interesting comparing to me comparing fandom. Then a lot of people, a lot of letters were printed. Of people who, let's say, weren't afraid to say what they thought, that was, which yeah, I'm yeah. always impressed with that yeah. they went with that, you know. Yeah, that's idea to do. Um, he came up with that idea very quickly, and it seemed that like the obvious thing to do was get the, as we always call it, <clears throat> the contemporary correspondence. And it was most interesting when we were doing some Wonder Woman stories a couple of years ago. Yeah, because, you know, you think about people being entitled and possessive of characters nowadays, but you know, 50 years ago, it was probably even worse, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. Mm. Was that around the time they depowered her as well? I guess, or just before, just right. before. Yeah. Okay. They, they basically tried to do a return to the golden age thing with her, and there was so much discussion in the letters page; it was bizarre. Before that, it was like Wonder Woman writing to Wonder Woman saying, "Oh, you, I think your hair looks pretty," that sort of thing, you know. And then <laughs> yeah. it's into serious discussions about continuity and character. Yeah. Always uh, serious discussions <laughs> about continuity and character and direction and things, and just choices in the narrative. And it's such a such a jump from oh pretty hair which literally was mentioned every single letter column before <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly it's like people like marv wolfman writing in you've got uh, i think paul levitz wrote in as well so yeah. many so many future pros wrote in specifically on wonder woman but the whole uh genesis of the of the doing the letters came from right back at the start when we started a new uh, of a flash story that uh, a couple of issues later, Roy Thomas wrote in uh, and basically said, oh, I love what you're doing with Flash. I'd love it if you brought back these characters from the Golden Age. And they did. 
and Roy was probably the only person that was excited about these characters coming back from the Golden Age because <laughs> it was basically Winky, Blinky and Noddy, Jay Garrick's comedy sidekicks. And it worked for the wacky Golden Age, but it didn't work for the yeah. roughly science-based Barry Allen stories. Uh, and you can just imagine Roy at home going, yeah, this is great. Oh, and then it's like, no one else is interested into this, Roy, sorry. So <laughs> I'm like you guys. I love I love spotting future pros in letter yeah. columns and stuff like mm. that. And the other thing I love spotting is is guys we know. I just I just sent Simon Russell another screenshot of a, a letter he wrote into BEM in like 1982 or something. Oh, yeah. awesome. <laughs> I love that stuff. Yeah, but yep. you were saying sometimes you think, oh, I wonder if that, because I know you had a... Had to have have had a couple of letters from Bruce Jones, haven't you? And you were like, I wonder if yeah. that's the same yeah. guy. Yeah, I mean, it probably yeah. is, but it's hard to tell because you know it's it's quite a it's a fairly common issue. Name, Barely, isn't the fact, it? Yeah, yeah. So those ones you can't really nail down. But people at like Roy Thomas is well known for that. You've got people like Carrie Bates and Marty Pascoe who used yeah. to write in. Uh, Irene Vartanoff was... used to write in quite a lot. She's a future pro. Uh, so that? many people. What yeah. Was that David? No, I was just saying Bob Rosakis pops up all the time. Oh, of course. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The answer man, the future answer yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the, the interesting thing we must mention here, actually, is um Peter mentioned the, the Flash story that brought back Jay Garrick's Golden Age Psychics. I mean, they came back before Jay Garrick did. So, you know, that's another yeah, little right. that we busted. You know, it's not even like that Jay was the, the Golden Age Flash, was the first Golden Age hero to come back. You know, his yeah. psychic into it which you know asked us earlier on about surprises and that was one of the biggest ones for me it was like mm-hmm. what <laughs> yeah. you know that was mind-blowing i mean i don't know whether you planned this or not but it, there does seem to be a passion for that legacy thing now you know what with the multiverse being spread across mm-hmm. a lot of the movies and you know we had the um the star girl tv series oh, and great. you know all the cw shows seem to bring people oh i, I was upset when they killed vigilante and there's the uh in was it in Green Arrow? I think wasn't it? They killed him in that. You know, it's just mm-hmm. they, there is a passion for that now, isn't there? I think it's almost like collecting cards. It's almost like Pokemon, isn't it? They want to see them all. I think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely true. True. He did a lot of good stuff with it. Obviously, yeah. I mean, he did Crisis on Earth X, then he did the road yeah. filmed in a car park, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Which was <laughs> I know. Really, really <laughs> yeah. terrible. Which yeah. was really good, and on the, you know the, the terms that, that they did. I mean, I was. You're saying it. I remember when they killed off um when they killed off Captain Cold and then they came to, killed off Professor Stein. It was devastating. It was like, oh my goodness. Because yeah. you've known these characters from you know through the comics for years and seen them brought mm-hmm. to life as well is quite affecting. Yeah. yeah. But multiverses, it's everywhere at the moment, be it everything everywhere all at once or Spider Man and Doctor Strange or the Flash movie. It's I think yeah. something that's quite a it's not a difficult concept for general audiences to buy into nowadays. Mm. It's a weird one, isn't it? Because it was it was uncomplicated. You know, it was seen, I think, at DC as being too complicated for for readers to understand. So we got Crisis, and then it seemed they seem to have reversed that. They seem to be making cash out of complicating it again. I think but you know the issue yeah. is though mm-hmm. that like the problem with multiverses, um, and you can and can and have done many brilliant stories based around them. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But the also the issue is. Where are the stakes when there's a million versions of your favourite character? Yeah. 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 There's also an oversaturation state yeah. there somewhere, yeah. isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, and it's, it is, it's, for me, I'm I'm tired of it, but it's fascinating seeing the older versions of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, sort of like, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's almost like modern multiverse storytelling doesn't quite yeah. have the nuance and fun of what it used to be. That makes me sound yeah. like a, a whinging old man. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I mean it used story... to be fun because you there would be a little twist on a character where you'd know which one it was, wouldn't there? Yeah, yeah. You know, visually, mm-hmm. I think sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
And Sorry, I was going to they, interrupt they you, Pete. Yeah, Sorry, they wouldn't, they wouldn't always hang around either, would they? Would they normally? Because I know now no. there's, there's a multiverse, and now we get three mm. verse, we get three comic book series based out of a character <laughs> yeah. you saw for half yeah. a, half an issue. But, Lost yeah. Gwimple, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But with the issues that you guys cover, obviously there's lots of different characters. But did they do a lot more with these characters once they were in this story, or is it just? I mean, Seven Soldiers of Victory. They're not they're not characters who appeared loads, are they? During vast periods of DC's history, I'm guessing. No, yeah. not really. no. They come, back, they come back in this story we've just done, which you all ably helped us with. Um, especially the guy who played the Shining Knight. He was excellent. <laughs> 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 the of adventure comics in a couple of years, and then you know that's basically it until All Star Squadron. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. the story sort of done. You think they're bringing them back for a, a glorious return to their own comic, but. Vigilante hangs around a lot, and this is the next episode that's due out. At the yeah, you're a fan of that character on your arm as well, I have to say. Yeah, um, yeah. There's <laughs> another story with the Earth One Vigilante, so we have a bit of a chat about how um, how that was sort of handled or addressed in the, <laughs> in the comics, or not. <laughs> <laughs> to to but, further answer the question, we did an, uh, a Green Lantern story about three years ago, where um, which was one that a listener um, made us aware of which neither was knew about. I think it was a story in Green Lantern issue 32 where mm-hmm. it slips into a parallel universe where, you know, um, he's in the brink of getting married to Carol Ferris. And this version of Green Lantern, the best man knowledge, never came back. Um, and it's been used as a sort of, and as, as a universe for stories that don't quite fit into the continuity in, in various sort of handbooks and stuff. Yeah. There's, there's, there's not been as many sort of one-off random parallel universe versions of people as, as you sort of, as we sort of expected there was a really good superboy one quite on early on when we started um okay. I, I can't remember the issue numbers um and then we ended up the issue after it had a, a parallel version of the legion in it as well which is quite good. yeah okay. there's, there's, not been, there's not been as many as you might sort of expect that i think the restraint actually was quite admirable that they didn't yeah. turn out yeah dozens and dozens of duplicates and i think mm. as far as the crisis it, I think, I mean, it's a good long time before we're going to get to the crisis, but I think certain stories probably made made it worse. Like, there's a Justice League, Justice Society story that deals with Black Canary, around about issue 220, which I'm dreading. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Not only for the fact that it's complicated, but there's a guest appearance from another DC character, and it's obvious that the Roy Thomas, I think, who wrote it, hadn't read everything that had been done with Sargon the Sorcerer. Yeah, right. So even that's going to be contrary. So that's I'm going to have a headache after we do that one. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. The thing is, as well, people think that Crisis was where it all got sort of explained and everything. But for me, it was All Star Squadron. Um, I I remember buying issue one in a newsagent, and it just like, Mm -hmm. and then there was that. I can't remember which issue is it. There's the scene where they literally show them all in a meeting. Yes, I remember pouring over that page and thinking, "Who's that character? Who's that character?" The, yeah. the double double page spread. That's yeah, it. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, so good. Yeah, I think if if that double if those double page spreads probably hadn't happened, we probably wouldn't be doing the podcast to be honest. Yeah, because yeah. all star squad. Fair to the, say, yeah, yeah, uh, the series that really um, cemented my absolute love for the for the Golden Age guys. Um, mm-hmm. I, my earliest memory of encountering the sort of the the other versions of Flash and Green Lantern were the. The issues of the Justice League where they killed off the original Mr. Terrific. And I remember at, at the age of six, I think it would have been just being fascinated by this blonde Green Lantern and the red shirt and this other version of the Flash yeah. with the Mercury helmet because they just seemed so much more interesting. Yeah. Um, right. And I've really lost that fascination. And obviously, All Star Squadron, as a, when I became a sort of proper full on DC collector, what, in the early 90s, when I was, you know, when I was like 18, 19, sort of thing, um, 
that was the story. Those were the stories that really just were the most satisfying and the most enjoyable and the most interesting. There's something because we didn't see the Golden Age guys around so much. They were just that little bit more interesting as a result. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. yeah they really were when they and, it, and it's a bit like when you read the legion or something like that is it's it's almost like you're trying to make sure you know everyone this all i suppose yeah, it's yeah. the ocd collector in us isn't it where we're trying to well, who's that character what's that costume why is it why is cosmic boy wearing a basque you know is this sort of question going on isn't it because yeah. he can <laughs> yeah <laughs> people can do no basque like. shaving in this podcast yeah. <laughs> i mean talking about the legion like you know I have all these moments. What did I do yesterday? I can't remember, but can I, I give you the secret identities or the civilian names of everything? I remember I've got a book somewhere where I wrote down Interlac so I could translate what was on wow. the monitor board in the background. Fantastic. That's madness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I had a, a brief period when I could read Interlac. It was it was, mm-hmm. it was useful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Useful for our future lives, David. Yeah. Yeah. Lucky us. Yeah. 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 Teach in schools. That's what I want to know. <laughs> the thing as well as that really really i find interesting is the fact that you do you do a weekly podcast of this yeah um and it's i mean we do a weekly podcast yeah. where we get together and talk fucking nonsense for two hours, <laughs> unscripted but you two get together and you literally read a comment it's like so organized i mean you must be thinking oh God, you know i'm finishing what i've got to catch the bus by half three get home and record you know and sometimes you do it in person do you, you meet up and do it i'm guessing or yeah, it's, it's probably 50-50 between yeah. Pete comes over to, if you know Pete comes over to mine on his day off if I've got the, the day clear if I can keep the mm-hmm. day clear. We worked a, a remote way of doing it um quite early on where basically I record um my audio on my old phone at my side as we have a a call through Facebook Messenger and then Dropbox my audio to Pete and he glues the two bits together. Oh mate. Okay. Yeah. You're a saint, yeah. Pete. Rather than the conversation or a Zoom conversation, which I'm a nutter, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, this, but this is the thing, and this is this is the thing where, where I lose sleep and where I constantly kind of have to defer and take my heart, Pete, because we decided very very early on we wanted it to sound as good as possible. Because mm-hmm. um, some podcasts, I'm not going to name names. Yours is fine, obviously. fine we're just fine no i mean i'm not the the criticism i'm going to throw others i'm not going to throw at yours because yours is good but other you get the odd podcast where someone sounds a lot quieter than the others others yeah i've all been there man yeah yeah Yeah. in the background we're very careful about wanting to just to sound as good as possible and the fact that you know i'm i'm astonished quite frankly that we've never in, in all the time we've been doing it we've never missed a week you know yeah, it's good. Now. Some other yeah. podcasts that do similar things, or maybe only once a month or once a fortnight, and you know. So I, I said to Peter a while ago, you know, it's bloody good that we do this, which is why Peter's intro has sort of shifted in recent episodes to to emphasise the fact that we're weekly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But the consistency is what it, what it, what gets you a good reputation, and also gets people coming back. I think you know we we found that that we put it out at the same time every week. Yeah, stuff like that. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good yeah. stuff. So yeah. it's it's a big commitment. Never mind having to fucking massive commitment. Yeah, God, yeah. It eats my life, but it's fine. Do you find yourself doing? I can hear him crying. Yeah, yeah. Do you find yourself doing voices in the middle of the night, Pete? Where you the man up, the man upstairs is trying to sleep, and you're like, oh, what? Make me a sandwich, wife. You know, <laughs> I don't do voices what? in the middle of the night. Point and clicking the laptop in the middle of the night. Yeah. Do you, how do you cue yourself into like doing the different voices? So you got like I got Batman, then I got 
Ackerman you're like thinking how oh, bloody how does he speak again or a character you've only done like once or twice yeah, you've got to have done someone that you think oh fuck me I've got to do that again why yeah. did I well, start that yeah, yeah. A, lot of time, a lot of time they're just sort of generic sort of attempts at American accents mm-hmm. um, and a couple of times when I can't do accents we know there's not really been too many people I mean there was one I can't think of it now, but there was one sort of something we'd done where I, I'd kind of done it in a certain way and had to try and remember. I mean, we did um, an episode on Jerry Lewis last year, so I spent an evening watching Jerry Lewis clips on YouTube to try and get a Jerry Lewis voice. I was probably completely unsuccessful, Jesus, but yeah. But it's um, it's okay. The I don't to be honest, we don't really have to psych ourselves up for it. I think you know, yeah. quite often we'll um, we'll look at a character and sort of think, all right, they look a maybe they look a little bit like that actor or actress, so we'll just do them like that. Or mm-hmm. for variety, we'll pitch it higher or pitch it lower. Um we tend to, if we're doing policemen, we quite often do them Irish. <laughs> um, <laughs> we decided recently that Doctor Midnight would be Scottish. We've done him a couple of times, but I think there's a guy who supports us quite well on, on Twitter. Don't know his real name, he uses the the handle Multiverse of Story and he's really he's you know, you think we're obsessive, he's above and beyond with some of the, the, the stuff he does. And he'd posted on his blog a sort of theory that Dr. McNider might have been, you know, of Scottish descent. So when our pal Gavin helped us with one of the Justice League crossovers last year, he, he gave him a sort of Dundonian sort of twist. Um, and my pal Kenny from the Doctor Who podcasts, Pieces of Eighth and Power of Three, plugs for Kenny there. He, because he's an Aberdeen, an Aberdeen fan, he kind of did his Doctor Midnight as a sort of Aberdonian Adam West. <laughs> Which was amazing. So we just with recording guys, we try and we try and kind of, I suppose, in our head, keep a bit of a hook as to who yeah. we think of a certain person, be it Adam West or Christopher Reeve. I was trying to make the Flash when we did the the, the recent JLA story that you were all in. Um, I tried to make him a little bit Ezra Miller without making him too Ezra Miller, just for He's the sake culty. just for the sake of making him not. Because I ended up doing about six or seven people and. To try and make him sound different from everyone else that's mm-hmm. that's the hardest thing is trying to make the voices sound different from everyone else because sometimes you have to have a conversation with yourself mm. yeah. which is um which is amusing um and that's one of the reasons why we got other people involved in jla 100 to 102 because there was so many speaking parts yeah, been yeah. Too much. but i know you said you recorded placeholders didn't there so it's actually a version of you all, you just doing the voices somewhere out there isn't it yeah. yeah, but we just kind of spoke through them, really. To be honest, That's, right? Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when we weren't when we weren't swearing, swearing each other and throwing things around the room. <laughs> speak for yourself, <laughs> sir. Speak for yourself. We recorded, we recorded all three episodes of that in one day. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell! The Probably. thing is, on the, the other question I had for you as well. I know when I asked you this, David, when we met, is um, the, I suppose the app must be a must be great for you guys, the DC app, because. I know, I know. Pete is is clearly a millionaire because he has a lot of early world's finest, etc. Don't you? But, I have uh, one. I have one. <laughs> it's your name. Have we mentioned that? Pete it's, your name. Name. Yeah. it's your name. That's it. Got the Joker in it. There you go. <laughs> but early, um, early, Joker, early Joker appearance. There you go. I'm not yeah. going to give you the best though. Yeah. But the <laughs> sourcing that stuff must be quite difficult because you know it's not all out there, is it? Really, you you have to search around for it a bit. I'm guessing, you know. Well, yeah. we're quite, both of us have been collecting for far more years than we'd like to admit, probably. Yeah. Right now, I'm sitting in a room surrounded by about 26,000 comics. Yeah. Uh, 
So yeah, and Dave's got a kitchen that basically is built from long boxes. (laughs) I call my back room long box mountain. Yeah, I feel feel your pain, my friend. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, also you work in a comic shop. I don't. Do you mind us saying this, Pete? No, that's fine. On you go. On you go. Yeah, you work in Food and Planet, which is a great shop. You gave me a tour, didn't you? Like the other day, but yeah, the um. That must be a good way to, you know, just see if stuff's about, you know, if it's in archive material and stuff like that, you know? It is, yeah. Plus, we've got some really good regular customers and a few people who have got even bigger collections than us. And yeah. uh, it wouldn't be the yeah. first time that uh, we've uh, borrowed something from, you know, one of the, one of them to, you know, actually yeah. read from. So, yeah, it's people have been really helpful to us. So, so yeah, yeah. So we'll see, and as you said yourself, a lot of stuff's on the app, yeah, uh, which is quite handy. The app's not not great it's, it's not complete is it by yeah. any stretch yeah it really annoyed me when i first got it and i thought oh that's fine action comics one let's go to action comics one and have a read at all the stories in it and it literally just reprints the superman story yeah. just oh, the there's a lot of big gaps i know we talked about there's no they've started doing warlord actually i know it's one of the ones we talked about yeah. which is a seminal yeah. run to me but it's mm-hmm. you know they, they only seem to have about 10 issues of it on there and mm-hmm. stuff like that yeah there's a lot of music i like to think they're adding things slowly but i'm not overly confident it's all going yeah. on there yeah. And of course, all the license properties they can't put on it anyway. So that's sort of yeah. stuff you do have to find physical copies of. So, yeah, so, yeah that's man. fun. What, what yeah. about other well, sort of sources of information you use? I mean, I'm guessing tomorrows and stuff like that are invaluable, are they? Or Yeah, it has been. Yeah, a lot of it's our own knowledge. Um, yeah. Without, you know, wanting to sound too arrogant. Um, but stuff, some of the tomorrow's books, like the, the, the Jelly Companion or the All Star. Companions, of the yeah, the flash books yeah. are good as well, yeah, aren't they? Those ones, yeah, yeah. Like a lot of podcasts, we, we, we make a lot of use of um, Mike's Amazing World of Comics for publication dates and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, the comics themselves are, are are a good resource as well because very early on we were recording a Superman, it was a Superboy or a Superman story, and it made reference in one of the letters that we covered, mm-hmm. made reference to a story we didn't know about. So we literally had to go <laughs> check what's this, and we were talking about a super movie. So we had to then find. Get hold of this Superman story that this letter called yeah. mentioned. Um, yeah, and, and as I say, a couple of people here and there have pointed out um, suggestions to us. And every now and then, we find something that we think, "Oh, right, we should have done that." Or there was a a Zatara, sorry, I, yeah, Zatara story um, where he guest starred in um, an elongated man story, and we'd missed that mm-hmm. completely somehow, despite the fact that Mike had mentioned it. So we did that. We, we ended up doing that probably about a year and a half after we should have done, but we yeah. did it where we did a Zatanna story, so it, it kind of fitted. There's another one. Um, we're about to do the first issue of Shazam. So we recorded a, a story the other night from an issue of Action Comics that we vaguely thought about doing when it was published, you know, in the timeline, but it works better as a sort of curtain raiser to, to mm-hmm. cap them back. Um, yeah, it's it's... You know, every so often we'll we'll think of something like I remember actually going into CP the day after we put out um our episode on Justice League thirty seven and thirty eight and realised that we hadn't mentioned the Western Johnny Thunder. So I thought, right, how are we gonna do this? We thought, right, we'll do this issue of showcase that has them. Um we'll do it when that comes out. Because that I think that's about the only time I think we've missed, you know, something. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you know, Randomly one day I came across a Johnny Quick story where he fought a gangster who called himself the Spectre. So that was an obvious one to do. You know, it's a little bit of, you know, character reuse and it's stuff like that that pops up occasionally. It's nice to be surprised. We have, you know, because we have a long we have a long list all made up. Um yeah. Peter spreadsheet, I've got my handwritten notes and stuff. But every so often we'll think, Oh, maybe we could do this or maybe we could do that, because there's some other comics coming up quite soon where um, like the Shadow, for example, DC published a Shadow series, um, yeah. and 
know, launched via a guest appearance in Batman. So we thought, right, we can do this because the Shadow's mm-hmm. a old character from around the Golden Age. We're yep. going to do the the Captain Strong character because he's based on Popeye, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I was rambling terribly there. No, 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 it <laughs> does. Yeah, it really does, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And as part of Legacy as well, we did uh, a non-DC character. We did the MF Enterprises version of Captain Marvel. Yes, uh, ah, from the sixties, uh, the guy that says the android who says splits and all his, his arms. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, yeah. 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 I those stories are I, ridiculous. I thought that um, that I don't know if, you, if you've heard that episode. Um, it's one of our favourites. We did it quite early on. Um, this this version of Captain Marvel. Um, he has villains with the names like um, Colonel Cold and the Bat and the Ray, and there's a guy called Doctor Fate. <laughs> Right, he's a, okay. He's called Doctor Fate, who basically looks like you know, eighties, nineties Bruce Forsyth, <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's French, which is which I totally failed. Wow. First time reading through, so I just sort of thought, well, yeah, we can mention this Doctor Fate when we do the showcase issues that Doctor Fate now matter and then Peter said we should do a full episode, and I was like, yeah. So that was when it got a really good response. A couple of people were a bit kind of like, all oh, right, can we just stick to the Golden Age DC stuff, please? But we thought. No, we're gonna. Yeah, the, the the reuse of the character names is just too funny not to use. I mean, the first, um, issue, the first issue of that one had the character called Plastic Man. That's which, right. Which they came back in the second issue, and you could see that it had been changed in the lettering to say Elastic Man. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, yours your yeah. podcast is mostly character centric, so you mostly concentrate on, like you say, like legacy characters mm-hmm. and talking about yeah. who and that. I mean, it, it's not so creator focused i guess but you do i have learned loads about you know gardner fox and all these sort of guys yeah. you know you do you do stray into the area where you have to research i'm guessing or talk about talk about backgrounds of and other work and you know origin stories of the creators rather than the characters i suppose i know you did the kirby stuff as well didn't you yeah you know. yeah we did a we did an episode um on kirby arriving at dc you know yeah. sort of of his, his Jimmy Olsen stuff, um, which is good because despite having owned the full run for 30 years, I'd never read, read it all, so that was quite right. good. But we also, like, one thing that um, I'm sure people remember is that when we were doing the issues of the Spectre, was um, people didn't like Neil Adams, did they? Okay. Nope, not at all. It was weird. So, all these all these letters, people writing in saying, you know, Neil Adams is terrible, get him off, blah blah blah. And we were mm-hmm. sitting looking at him going, These are literally some of the best comics we've ever seen in our lives and it just shows yeah. you you know how far ahead of the, the game. People don't like change, do they? It's like when yeah. it's like when McMahon was on Slain in two thousand AD, isn't it? Do you remember? Everyone kicked off because mm-hmm. he wasn't Ballard Nelly, but yeah. you know, it was a, it was a sea change for art in a way that, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's that Spectre run, uh, one of the earliest I think it was the first Neil Adams one, had the first published Mike Friedrich story in it. Oh, and okay. He's an interesting bloke. Yeah, and it's a very, <laughs> it's a very mature story for the time, and it's way before you know what people think of as the Bronze Age coming in, but it feels yes. really, really, really Bronze Agey. Yeah. It's, so it's it's fascinating. I definitely recommend that you read that. I think it's Spectre issue three, isn't it? Yeah, it's oh, interesting. Yeah, and Wildcat's in it as well, and it's yeah. the artwork's fantastic, and the storyline's yeah. really surprisingly mature considering you know the spectre is like bashing planets over a demon uh yeah. every other week <laughs> yeah i know you guys it. you guys disagree on well you don't you don't between you you don't disagree but you say there is some there's some movement in when people say the bronze age came in because i kind of kind of if you read the internet the common argument is that it's conan one isn't it but you actually think it's before that i'm gonna say is that right well i think that's 
I think that's kind of like that issue of the spectre for me is kind of like the John the Baptist uh, of ah, Jesus okay. coming. Uh, it's kind of like a precursor to, you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, precursor to the Bronze Age. But for me, the Bronze Age is when Kirby leaves. Yeah, I've heard you argue that. Yeah, it's an interesting yeah. argument. That is, I can see, well, see yeah. what you mean. Yeah, yeah, it's such a big change for both companies. Everything changes with that. Obviously, there's a Green Arrow, uh, sorry, Green Lantern, Green Arrow, and you've got the Conan, uh, different points of view as well. But for all these things, there's never a definite cut off. There's always yeah. like a sliding yeah. scale with these things. I mean, it's always a retrospective cut off, anyway, yeah. isn't it? You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this, yeah, it's very difficult to sort of yeah. say this is where. I mean, and I, if someone was to ask me, I would sort of say. I would say you'd have to read stories published between 1970 and 1972 to experience the full sort of shift because yeah, yeah. you know you've got stuff yeah. like the the death of Gwen Stacy and the Punisher sort of appearing and that shows mm. a real shift from the the naive sort of simplistic sort of Superman stuff that was still going on. I mean, we did those Spectre Neil Adams stories, and then some of mm. the other stuff we did immediately afterwards felt mm. like a step back to you know yeah yeah it's past. It is it is very fluid. It's kind of it's quite easy to tell when it's when the Silver Age has stopped. I think we're well into that now. I would say we're in about yeah, once, yeah. Once we started writing the JLA regularly, I think it was a real proper shift. But even this, even there's even some Bob Haney stuff later on that feels silver agey, doesn't it? You know, to yeah. me, the sort of team up books, you know. Yeah, um, I love, love Bob Haney. We, yeah, I absolutely love adore yeah. Bob Haney. Yeah, just a few of those coming very soon. With yeah, Raven Boards with Sergeant Rock and Black Canary mm. and and welcome. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that one thing we decided to do with Sergeant Rock was because he was a World War character sort of based around World War II, but he was appearing in stories with Batman. It was like, right, so one ongoing thing that we're going to do is try and work out which Earth was Sergeant Rock on because yeah. he's having an adventure with Batman set during World War II, so that has to be the Batman of Earth too. Yeah. But next time he, peel, he appears, it, seem, it seems to be a little contrary to that. It seems to be completely set during the, the contemporary time where it's the Earth 1 Batman. I mean, as we're going, we're trying to kind of rationalise some of this stuff, but yeah, we're finding how difficult it is to actually do that. The the vigilante thing's another example. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I think you're right about the new gods, man. I think that that you know when he gets to Jimmy Olsen and we start getting mm-hmm. that, that's so Bronze Age to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that whole creation yeah. of that universe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I know, I know what you mean more so than Conan, which essentially was an adaption of a you know a prehistoric yeah. book, wasn't it? When you look at it, yeah. You know. And also it meant that Marvel had to change what they were doing because obviously they were yeah. fairly reliant on Kirby uh, for ideas and sort of for their artwork and everything. So they really had to do a big shake-up at Marvel and change their ideas there as well. So yeah. it's not just DC affected. So it's a big enough change for both companies that I think it's it's probably the best uh, gauge, I would say. When are you going to do the Atlas podcast? I'd like to listen to that. Uh, well, we are going to cover some Atlas comics. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. At some point. Yeah, uh, I tried to yeah. pull your bluff there. Uh, did, yeah. 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 <laughs> no, but that's just so mental. Yeah, I mean, I love it, you know. <laughs> no, yeah. it's uh, quite far off, though, but yeah. Yeah, we're going to do one episode, I think, on the Atlas comics because, as we say, there's there's some DC character names that are reused. There's a, you know, there's a tarantula. There's a, a police character with a Manhunter sort of subtitle. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. So Lomax. We're going to, Is it Lomax? Yeah. 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 So we're going to do... It'll probably just be an episode. I mean, I've already... <laughs> I've already got a few foreign reprints of... Um, <laughs> Comics lined up, got scrounging the web for a few pages of original artwork I can find them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think what we'll probably do, probably do is similar to what we did with MF Enterprises. Is there'll probably be a bit of overview chat, and then we'll maybe yeah. read mm-hmm. one or two mm-hmm. that are character, you know, properly character. I mean, it breaks it up a bit for you yeah. guys as well, doesn't yeah. it? it? Makes it sort of fun, and, doesn't and, it? And, yeah. yeah, and it's fun to do that because it's it shows you know 
it gives you, it gives the listeners an overall sense of what else is going on. I mean, we are planning at least one, I think two definite episodes where we'll read Marvel comics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. To, to Judas. Our, our interest. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, obviously you ha- you've dealt with so many different characters and you've you had so many different storylines and stuff. Here's a question for you. One, this is going to be in two parts. One, who do you think is probably your favourite character from the reading currently? I know that's a hard one to narrow down. And two, who is a character that you weren't really fussed about, but through reading you yeah, became a, a fan of? Ooh. You can go first. Oh, oh, cheers, <laughs> cheers, babes. Um, <laughs> uh, well, my favourite character has always been the Flash, uh, Barry Allen Flash. The mm, right. Isis one, because I... I the current version isn't right. It's he, he died. His death should have a meaning. That's it. Okay. Um, and I've got a full run apart from his first two issues, uh, one hundred and five, yeah. one hundred and six. Um, so yes, I'm a bit of a flashman. So, but yeah, I would say he's definitely my favourite. That's for what's that? I said you're a very funky flashman. I've seen you. Oh, cheers! Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I think yeah. I actually think the Flash has got the second best rose gallery in the DC universe. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. No, but the Flash for me, and that's for the oh same part. I think uh, Robbie Reed's Dial H for Hero is a character oh, nice. that uh, I've always just was aware of, really, but not hugely read the stories properly. But going back and reading those, they're just glorious. They're very formulaic. It's it's almost like the Incredible Hulk TV series. Robbie changes three times in every story, um, but it's inventive. It's just literally he's three different characters uh, when he for every story and he solves the problem again self hdc wasn't hugely about character it was all about solving the problem and right. made it very very accessible for kids and just fun and especially robbie reed was uh just pure entertainment because you never know what you're going to get from turning the page i mean you could turn into like a human buzz so in one story he actually turned into plastic man and this is before <laughs> dc actually had plastic man so oh right it, it's so it's so bizarre dc had the rights to the character but they hadn't actually used him yet Oh, right. so Man's such an interesting character because he used to be a villain, didn't he? He started off as a villain first. Yeah, Elo Brian. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He shot and fell into the masses, and then you know had so an enlightening experience. And um, <laughs> so yeah. crazy that that character got like got his own animated show. And like, I remember the Plastic Man, like, yeah, TV yeah. show. That was how I just I didn't know he was a comic book beforehand because I was a little kid. All oh, right, and those those old sort of they they used to. Was it? I can't remember what channel they used to be show, showed on, but the plan it was like a comedy, wasn't it? It was like almost like a sitcom, mm-hmm. the plastic one. Yeah, it didn't have like audience laughter or something like that, as well. I, I, I think <laughs> I remember yeah. seeing that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah. yeah. perfect character for animation. Yeah, definitely. yeah, yeah, it got to be in it. Yeah, mm. what about you, David? Well, it's a difficult one. Like, what the I'm going to fudge my answer, it's the best way I can answer it. What I found interesting is reappraising characters that I know very well from their kind of 90s 2000s sort of incarnation. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Spectre. I've completely reappraised the Spectre and that was, you know, okay. I've always, because I was a big fan of the John Ostrander series that ran through the 90s. Yeah. That. So it's very interesting that the stories that we've done, Jim Corrigan and the Spectre have been very separate people and I had to, I had to break the habit very quickly of referring to the Spectre as Jim because I tend to do that from telling the story of his character like I tend to refer to him as the, you know, the the, the character sort of Christian. Yeah. Um, but in a similar sort of way, um, 
I'm always very excited when our man and Sandman pop up because I know them so well from stuff that was mm-hmm. done in the 90s and beyond. And it's sort of interesting, sort of um, when you're used to, you know, Matt Wagner and Guy Davis, it's really interesting when when Wesley Dodds pops up and he's firing little guns that turn people into concrete or sends out little clouds. <laughs> it's, um, I'm trying to think of, like, I'm trying to think of, I mean, I, after we did the one issue of, um, House of Mystery where Robbie Reed turned into Plastic Man. I went out and collected a full run of Dial H for Hero. I'd had an almost full run in the past and got rid of them, but I'd enjoyed the issue that we did and the other one that we did soon after mm-hmm. so much that I went out and collected the full run. So that's probably that's probably my answer to that as well. That was, yeah. I didn't, it wasn't a concept that I paid a lot of attention to. And for a couple of weeks, I was trying to nag Peter and it was doing a, a Dial H for Hero podcast once every month. <laughs> <laughs> You're always so, suggesting a new podcast. That's what makes so, me laugh. So we, yeah. so we yeah. might... <laughs> we might if, if if when we finish the the R two podcast, you know, after a couple of couple of weeks of a break, I think I think there's a good chance we might do a Dial H for Hero thing because there's a lot less of it to cover and it's a a concept I think we both really are both really sort of it really caught my imagination. You mm-hmm. know, when we one story, Robbie's such a likable character, and they get there was some real pathos to some of the other heroes that he he, he changed into, and I was really fascinated by that because I hadn't paid any attention to it at all. <laughs> Yeah, and again, it's funny. It's funny you should mention. Down. Sorry, mate. Come. Sorry. And again, no, just, oh, oh, you go. Cool. And again, it's a concept that follows on through the Bronze Age because you've got the adventure comics run with uh, Chris. Yes, Dickey, which is where I, I really got, yeah. got into them. Yeah, yeah. And then that with the, the more recent versions of it, the the hero yeah. series that Will Pfeiffer did, really good, was wasn't amazing. It? Imaginative amazing. with it, with the format. Yeah. I think, yeah. Four yeah. people read it, but it's fantastic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. one of those. I think when you mentioned Sandman there, Sandman's a character that's like fucking hell. That makes Hawkman look organised when you think <laughs> about all the characters that have been Sandman. Because you had, you know, the Jeff Johns, uh, James Robinson JSA appearances. You had the Kirby character. You've obviously got the Vertigo character. You know, you've got the Mystery Theatre character. There's all sorts of things going on with that, aren't there? Yeah, you know? they're, all, they're all a lot more distinct from each other, though. Yeah. Um, unlike Hawkman, which, you know, was could have been handled very, you know could have been simplified a lot more easily you know in the 80s and 90s people just you know i think that i think what hawkman went wrong was the decision where they made they tried to say that the the golden age hawkman had been the silver age hawkman because there was yeah. there was some stuff post-crisis that was you know and and also i think if they'd said hawk world had been set 10 10 years earlier <laughs> that might have made it a lot easier <laughs> yeah it should it should have been almost been an elseworld to me the yeah, team yeah, and stuff you know yeah Hawkman yeah. could, have been, could have been fixed a lot more. You know, couldn't. So I rephrase that. Hawkman would not have got into the mess he got into if a couple of people had maybe paid a bit more attention at certain points. I think. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I did like the Jeff John stuff. I quite liked that. See, I found it sort of quite readable. Yeah, you know? I read it. I read it when it started. Um, I remember because it was it followed a kind of very similar format to Starman in a lot of ways because you got yeah. occasional facts and occasional guest appearances mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, yeah, it was it was it was very good. And Rags Morales drawn it, of course. Oh, initially. so good. Uh, yep. Yeah. Oh, I used to love him when was it Geomancer and then he drew our man obviously. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. What about you two guys, Vince and Dan? Who are your sort of not A list DC characters, but more your sort of down the pecking order bit characters? Oh well uh what you mean sort of like B list sort of C list, Z list, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. Oh, it depends what you consider A list. I mean I'll I'll put aside I I just because I like the buddy comedy of uh Blue Beetle and Booster Gold. Yeah, yeah that's uh, good. Then. One of my, yeah. yeah, yeah. When you had like the the JL uh, Justice League with uh, Booster Gold and uh, Guy Gardner in, 
yeah, yeah. That, that's not too old really in in going back if you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah still um, read very readable oh totally stuff, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah um around that time as well like um I was reading a lot of uh, was it Justice League Europe? Do you remember a Bart Sears <laughs> yeah. Justice yeah, yeah, League yeah. Europe and yeah. stuff? Yeah, is it Metamorpho? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was yeah. Fast. he was great in that series. Oh. I, I, I was laughing on the train this morning on the way into the comic mart because uh, you compared to him forming himself into a tank and firing off as an ejaculative <laughs> move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gave. I gave him a row for that because um, <laughs> our, our friend Steve Higgins, who has contributed a few voices for us over the years, he his um he listens to listens to the show with his eleven year old daughter, and there was some we were talking the other day about um, when we were recording, and Pete described the character as a fluffer for some <laughs> <laughs> like, Oh, we can't yeah. have not going to have Steve have to explain to Caitlin what a fluffer is, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, our show's very family friendly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. us too. Us too. Manson family friendly. Yours is. <laughs> I'm, I'm a massive. I wish you. I would. I think you two should do an ambush bug podcast because I'd listen to that. That'd be good. Ah. He's a forgotten creature, really, isn't he? Everyone thinks, oh, the Deadpool, you know, ambush bug. Come on, guys. Do you know yeah. yeah, yeah. Now there's some ambush bug stuff we possibly could cover. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty yeah. classic, isn't it? I'm guessing. Yeah, pre crisis right? when yeah. first started appeared. DC Comics presents fifty two. There you go, uh, ah, with the nice. Doom Patrol, where he kills someone. But um, <laughs> but they soon forget about that when he comes back in fifty nine, and it's all comedy with the Legion of Substitute Heroes, yeah. which is a great issue, an absolutely amazing oh, issue. Right, that's yeah. that story is, is so funny. Giffen's great, um, man. So oh, good. I love Giffen. Yeah. yeah. Do you know I bought a page of his artwork for twenty dollars <sighs> at New York about man, five years that's ago. a steal. That's a oh, I felt. And then I met him, and he was so lovely. Yeah. He's got a reputation of being a grumpy fucker, and he? Yeah. But he was absolutely fucking like, well, me too, I suppose. So maybe we were right. But yeah, what a lovely fucking geezer. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. That's cool. What was yeah. the page from? It was from, you're like this. It was from Justice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what, the, um, the new universe. The new universe. The universe. Yeah. What? He did what? one issue of that. I thought, yeah. I forgot he'd done that. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. Was that Peter David scripting at that point, or was it? I can't remember. I keep meaning to get it. I've got it framed, but I want to reframe it yeah. with the cover as well. You know, do one of those sort of framing <gasps> yeah. things yeah. with uh-huh. it. And I, I must. I do have an issue of it. That I bought for like ten pence somewhere. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's good. To do a new universe podcast. I'm still <laughs> <laughs> just for the DP seven quote. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> at high school or something when it started and. Um, Every any any time I see an issue in a in a fifty p bin or something I don't have, I'll just grab it because I'm. It was you know, the the newsstand distribution over here was so patchy. You know, yeah. got issues over a couple of months, and I remember thinking, you know, Starbrand was was fascinating. It was so it felt so grown up compared to everything else, and my nostalgia from yeah. dimmed. I think I, I have never I've never sat down and made up a list of all the the new universe comics to collect, but I'll, I'll probably show sure it one day. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, we did a podcast on Starbrand, and the first, there's, it's a strange, there's a, a few yeah. strange things happening here. He's mm-hmm. a man who loves to have lots of affairs with different women, but it's, it's you know, it's JRJR, it's all right. You know, later, <laughs> it's, later it's burn, which when it goes completely wacky. But yeah. yeah, I liked it. It's all right. Well, yeah. The, um, the thing that struck me reading, um, I read some, because I read some early Starbrand Star not that long ago, and yeah. the thing that struck me was just, um, and this is good because we're not in the room, podcast so i can be as rude as i like <laughs> <laughs> the, the younger girl that he's kind of carrying on with called debbie yeah 
and he calls her Debbie the Duck, and there's all these jokes about quack quack. And I realised reading it as an adult, you're about fanny farts. <laughs> <It's> fanny. <laughs> oh my god! It's, I never got that, and it's me, and I never got that. So well <laughs> done, I mean, sir. You know, obviously, when I'm reading that at the age of thirteen, I'm thinking, why did he call her Debbie the Duck? What's all? The, there's a, a shot of them, you know, a shot of the open bedroom door, and they're inside and they're chatting, and somebody says quack quack, and you're just like, what the hell is going on? And then you read it, you sort of go. Wow, that's what I actually think that's one of the dodgier relationships that go on because she ain't, as my mother used to say, right in the head, is she? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. horrible, yeah. it's a horrible thing to sort of to put out there. And then, then there's the married woman who, um, yeah, you know, with, it, with the two kids who he's carrying on with. But it was interesting, I remember it was it was basically just the riff and re- this is getting away from the point. <laughs> <laughs> that's what this show does. Yeah, I think thanks for asking. My favorite character would be, I don't know, oh, sorry, T. that's right. But, uh, my favorite character would be Green Arrow because I don't know if you know this, he's from Hounslow. Yeah, yes. I did not know I, that. Yeah. I was not aware of that until recently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right, I'm going to tell you what exactly the quote because I know you quoted it, but Pete said to me, You can do an accent if you want to, and I said to Pete, I can't do accents. I'll just do it in my own voice. And you went, okay. Yeah. So that's how that worked out. You took the other two members of this podcast did fucking fantastically well. I listened to it and um my anus turned inside out. I was so badly at my terrible acting. Yeah. You but it gave us that. For it. You were really good. I mean, yeah. So you're very kind. You're both very yeah. kind. Well, I, think it's true. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say if I didn't mean it. Um, <laughs> we're very lucky that, that everyone that, that joined in, um, took it seriously you know like i think was it 21 22 different people all together wow it's great uh, yeah from <laughs> you know, immediate friends and family to you know my friend kelly she lives in france now so and then mm-hmm. all right. scattered all over america like two of my work three of my work four of my five of my work colleagues let me let me try and work this out arian cami logan mick and jonathan yeah five of my work co- colleagues all contributing at various times um you guys obviously mm-hmm. brandon Peters, did a few for us, which I was delighted by because I love his podcast. Um, Shag Matthews did Metamorpho for us. Um, Ranger Gord, who does a dedicated vigilante podcast, like we asked him to do vigilante. That oh, was he a- was great. And that yeah, little voice note he leaves you as well. That uh-huh. dude's literally a cowboy, isn't he? I think, yeah, <laughs> he's posted, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, he posted on his Facebook page, um, saying when you know, 50 odd years ago, a, you know, a young ranger picked up this issue and. His mind was blown meeting all these characters as he encountered Vigilante for the first time. And now, all this, all these years later, the, the circle closes as I'm giving his voice for Peter and David's adaptation. And I read this and I was tearing up. I was going, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Uh-huh. So it's, yeah. it's been really, it's been a really sort of, um, it's been a really fun experience doing the, these recent Justice League issues. Um, so honestly, we're not overstating it. Thank you all for joining in because no, it's good fun, man. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoyed it. Yeah, no convincing needed. We, we love your podcast. Yeah, worked at all, you know. Good. Well, I suppose the big question is, what's the long eye, guys? I mean, are we? Are, you know, are you hoping to finish this before you die, or what's the sort of plan? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to finish it after I die. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Make doing the Spectre's voice easier. It'll <laughs> <laughs> be what kills us. Well, I mean, we've worked. We seem to be. Um, we've been doing it for four years. We started ostensibly in 1961. We're speeding through 1972 at the moment. There's not a lot going on in the early 70s, but towards the end of the 70s, it gets quite stodgy with like All Star Comics and Wonder Woman and World's Finest and um, Superman Family Stories and All Star Squadron starting, obviously. But so the the way. Are you doing Captain Carrot comics? 
Yeah, we're going to do Captain's yep. from Captain's nice. Cool. At least yeah. three issues, I think. Um, the way that we're going to do things is going to change. The, when we get to stuff like All Star Squadron, it's going to be impossible to do full readings of those because it's so dense. It's really, Roy, isn't it? Yeah. Roy was just writing prose by that point, really. <laughs> so, we've got an idea how we're going to do it. Like We've already done a few episodes where we've prepared summaries and I've read them out and then we've discussed. So it'll probably be a bit like that as we go on. But obviously, the, the Superman family, Clark and Lois stories, they're all really short, so we'll probably do three or four of them in one go. Yeah. Uh, I reckon I reckon it's going to take us at least another five, six years, maybe. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I originally uh, proposed that we finish on Crisis and Earth 10, which is two issues before the end of the series. <laughs> because at the end of that issue... Just to fuck with people. Yeah. At the end of that issue, the multiverse ends. And I think that oh, would okay. be great. But... Uh, but no, we're going to have to complete the series. And then there's a whole period <laughs> thereafter where DC don't have a clue what they're doing. And we call it kind of like Crisis Hangover, where they've got yeah. these other characters and they're all on the one Earth, but they really don't know what to do with them. Yeah. And there's other dimensions involved. There's a mental... They've been, doing, they've been doing that since, I think, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a mental Teen Titan Spotlight issue where there's an alternate future in another uh, dimension. The Brotherhood of Evil are involved. And right. basically it's like Commandy, but he's actually Tintin. And it's <laughs> it's crazy, and it's like, well, we need to cover that because <laughs> that's just mental. Yeah, uh, there's stuff like the way they write out the Justice Society, which we'll have to talk about. There's yeah, some, yeah. A thing with Sargon that we'll probably have to do. So I mean, mm -hmm. it'll the crisis. We see Crisis issue twelve was the end game, but there'll probably be a few bits and bobs after that. We're not going to continue yeah. and do every single Justice Society story ever. Mm -hmm. um, that would because the whole point of it is. Um, the pre-crisis it would be hilarious to finish an issue 10 um please please <laughs> i mean there's so many crisis crossovers some of which are more relevant to the to the and have more you know more to do with the story than others like i think yeah um there's a couple that literally just have a couple of panels of red skies so we'll go over them very quickly but mm -hmm. i imagine we'll probably do the two firestorm issues together um the loser special will get episodes you know we'll try yes. and work out a chronology as, as best we can uh -huh. uh, so that it, we're kind of doing it in, in, um, in order. I imagine it'll probably be, we'll do issue one and then we'll do the crossovers that are published before issue two, then we'll do issue two and then the crossovers published before issue three. I reckon that's the way we'll do it, but we'll get well, ages okay. to be able yeah. to worry yeah. about it. Lots of fun until then, isn't there? Absolutely. Yeah. And plenty. So there you go. There's plenty more episodes to go. I mean, if they weren't grey-haired... Now, like I am, after a podcast for this long, then they'll be grey-haired soon enough. Um, I'm, I'm still a chocolate waterfall, my friend. We'll be all right. Oh, oh, you might need to see a doctor about that, Tony. Um, who's that buddy of ours who reckons I'm sucking the life out of you and replacing your hair with mine? Uh, well, you know, is I'm getting like more salt and pepper in my hair every day. It looks, it looks distinguished. Yeah, it does. Um, thanks, yeah. Dan. Thank God for Doctor um, Strange being popular. You're fine. <laughs> I, went, I went bald and grey in my 30s, so just embrace it. Just yeah, it. just turn into it, man. Invest in a set of clippers and go nuts. Yeah. There you go. More life lessons from Earth 2. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you definitely need to check that show out, folks, because it's, it's fascinating. Um, and also, like, just highlighting like a bygone era of comics yeah there's issues yeah. there i've never seen and yeah. but i'm carried along by you two doing it i'm yeah. there do you know what i mean yeah yeah very quickly yeah. like i'm in the issue and listening yeah. and yeah. sort of 
just cool. doing my work, listening to the story, and yeah, yeah I'm totally there. Because it's working, of... David. It's working. I told you. <laughs> that, that's good to hear because we, I, I, I've got a few work pals that that have started to listen to it or dipped in here and there, and obviously a few folk out that work with have been in episodes recently, so they've listened mm-hmm. to it. And I also say, does it work? Does it come across? Does because I, th- I think I'm too close to it to be objective. I, I listen uh, to it. Yeah. And I mean, I think we're also carried along by your two guys' relationship and the back yeah. and forth and your personalities. Because, I mean, we have people who listen to this show who don't read comics. You know, they just like listening to it. You know, I think that's the nature well, of podcasts, yeah. isn't it? Mm. You know? Yes, it's like, yep. like what we said about Breakfast in the Ruins. I've read one Michael Moorcock book, but um, the hosts are just so lovely. Oh, yeah, so he is. What a nice yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. They're just they're brilliant. Um, I'd love to buy them a pint and go for a pint with them or something. Or go yeah, the same as me. Because it's on book I read. But yeah, I, think, I think that's the best thing about about podcasts you sort of you keep going because you like the hosts and if people like what we're doing that's great that's um especially in this sort of day and age where you know there's been some lovely comic book podcasts that have have gone by the wayside because of genuine reasons and etc so it's if you if you need more comics in your life then check out the earth 2 podcast see yeah And and also there's so much joy to be found found in the comics of yesteryear Yep. Just, uh, oh, so much crazy, so, crazy just fun, yeah. Silver yeah. Age mani- maniac stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, loads in there. I yeah. mean, I think for a while, Grant Morrison based his career on some of the stuff in those yeah. books, didn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Dotes, yes, with Thirty yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but these fine gentlemen uh, are fools because they're with us for the rest of the show. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> they'll have a couple of recommendations when we get to that bit. It's going to be jam packed, so get your notebooks and pens. One ready. of my recommendations is purely because these two gentlemen are here, yeah. so I'll be yeah. interested to see what they so think. So we're going to add yeah. to your wish lists and reading lists uh, shortly. But before we do that, do we have any shout outs, gents? Yeah, I've got a couple. So um, the United going underground is down Kickstarter. It's a yeah, cracker, yeah. absolute cracker. I know. Um, do you know Johnny Cannon, David? I know you know him, Pete, don't you? But, yeah. Uh, um, do you... I don't know. Do, do I know him, Peter? Don't think so. No, I don't think you've met him. Yeah. He's a that, Glasgow. That spectacular event is still to happen. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that crossover. Yeah, he's a, he's a Glasgow-based creator, and this is um, a story about a super team throughout the United Kingdom in a sort of uh, different, different future. Um, me and Alan, Alan H, interviewed him for the NIA recently, and I got to tell you that dude put the work in in the creation of this comic, and it's a cracker. So go and back that. It's got about twenty odd days left. Um, also going back. Uh, those saucy blokes, or I don't know where they're blokes, actually, it could be ladies, uh, Asteroid Belters, Summer Slammed, <laughs> which is, I think, the fourth issue of the series of books they're doing. They're fun, saucy um, science fiction stories that just really make me laugh, just absolutely brilliant. Um, there's a new collection of short stories coming by my mucker, Adam Falp, all by him, this one, um, and it's due to be released any time, any day now, and it's called Electric Chair, so it's it's really good. Some of his best work. Wait, the covers out on his um his um socials. Go and have a look at that. Um, get that and watch for the socials for that drop in. Um, if you're at Baltimore Comic Con on the eighth of September, or if you're at SPX on the 9th and tenth of September, then come and say hi to me at Baltimore. I'll be um haunting the aisles with Cliff and Strotty, and I'll be behind haunting. no brow table. Yeah, no, yeah, there's, there's trouble. And um, at SPX, I'll be behind the no-brow table with Sam. So if you're there, make sure you come and say hello. Um, Falp is going to be at SPX as well with Eddie from Strangers, and they're going to be behind the Strangers table. So definitely say hello to them as well. And just a big shout-out to Mike Sadarkat, who I met up for a curry with his buddy Dan on Friday night, and we had much hilarity ensued. So just a big shout-out to Mike as well. There you go. Am I? Nice, Dan. Awesome. I've got Blam and Glam 
issues one to seven and toy figure a comic set in an alternative 2020 2021 where a woman with amnesia battles demonic mecha monsters uh that's smash for its funding goal from uh richard morgan previous guest on the show that's gonna have 30 days to run so that's uh, killing it isn't it yeah that's crushing it yeah. <laughs> that's crushing it we've got a uh, knave of hearts get indie comic knave of hearts to a comic con a steampunk comic where the gods stir up trouble humanity is screwed i've given knave of hearts a shout out for it must be like two months now <laughs> uh, she's done all right mate. uh for, that's uh smash for its pledge goal uh we've got no escape from vida futura issue one heaven is a prison with psychotic angels as guards isabella is dead but she has a plan for that a sci-fi uh, afterlife thriller. Could do with uh, a bit of help this one, couldn't yeah, it? Yeah, that could do a bit of help. help. Got another week to run on this, and we we need another bag of sand to get this over the line. And <laughs> you got uh, me, you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, look, it looks great. The artwork's fantastic. Uh, it's strong uh, premise for the comic. Yeah, I'd, I'd go and check that one out. Nice. So, well, oh, you got to do Kieran's one as well. Yes, and lastly, but not least, if I just shut the fucking tab, no, I haven't. Uh, August twelfth, twelve p, twelve noon to five pm. Uh, we've got a uh, and a special event at the uh, the Jay and Silent Bob's secret stash, and uh, our friend, friend of the show, Kieran Squires, is going to be on uh, there. Yeah, look signing. at him. Big news. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, and, uh, he's going out to Red Bank, New Jersey, to do a signing. What a rock star! Yeah, yeah that's yeah. fucking nuts. Take photo ops with cosplayers, everyone. Yeah, he's promised me nudes from that. Yeah, I've got, I've got literally got that in writing. I can tell you that now. Says so the heroes yeah. for causes. I, I'm not too up on what's going on there or what the comics about. So, I'm it's an original it. superhero lineup of heroes inspired by real children fighting chronic illness. There you go. Well, there you go. That's what it's about. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So, so if you're in the uh, Red Bank, New Jersey area. Feel uh, free to pop in and say say hello. I think it's about an hour outside of New York, that place. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Just stand um, there for me. Yeah. <laughs> Saturday, 7th of October, 2023. Uh, Double Tree by Hilton Bristol is the Comic Expo in Bristol. Oh, yeah. Look at that on the way back. Which came onto our radars uh, from 10.30 to 5 p.m. Um, tickets now on sale. Uh, if you go to comicsexpobristol.my hyphen online dot store backslash what or forward what? slash um there is a who's who of uh guests and sort of indie creators being there um two of the big ones liam sharp and alan davis wow look at that Ooh. did you see the photographs of alan davis at john Byrne's studio that came out that he put out this week no fucking what talk about lovely a lovely picture alan davis fanboying in john Byrne's studio how cool was that Nice, yeah. yeah. You go, did did our Scottish friends? Did, did you ever go to the Bristol Comic Con or Bristol not, Comics Expo back in the day? Not the Bristol one, no, no. Right, uh, no. we'd uh, we'd Glasscack is what we had. That was a bit like UCAC, wasn't it? We had, yeah. we had UCAC, uh, you had Glasscack, yeah, 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 yeah. Cool, yeah. cool. So um, yeah, this one came onto our radars. I was completely unaware of it, and it's just right down the road for me. So it's you're... where they have Lawless, isn't it? Same yeah. place. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there you go. Uh, adults ten pound, child's five pound, under twelves free with an adult ticket. I don't know why I said it like that. That was a bit weird. It's a bit creepy. Um... A bit weird. <laughs> Fine. We you haven't I... drawn attention to it, so we can just no, move no, past no, that. Yeah, I was kind of gloss over it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's not mention you it. You did it. No one want to yeah. talk about. It. Um. Do our do our guests have any shout outs that they'd like to Any events coming up at um your shop or anything 
Pete? No, yesterday we had Small Press Day. Uh, of course. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yeah, some Great, we had some great people. Unfortunately, the city centre is currently shut down for a cycling event just now. Aww. So so footfall wasn't quite what we hoped, but uh, certainly the creators were there. They were fantastic. We had Ian Jenkins, we had Matt Smith, who's not that Matt Smith, yeah. or, or that Matt Smith, or even that Matt Smith, but he's a different Matt Smith. <laughs> <laughs> he was there. Uh, we also had Connor Tierney and Connor McGowan. Sydney Gallaby was there, and the fantastic David Dunlop was there as well. Oh, cool. Uh, so, yeah, it went very well for them. So, yeah, cool. Good stuff, nice. man. Yeah. So, it's, Good. have the um, notebooks ready, folks, because we're probably going to recommend quite a few things to you right now. And yep. uh, it's mm. the recommendation section of the show. And as always, the guests go first. So, David and Peter, who wants to fight over what would you like to recommend to our lovely listeners? After you, David. Okay. Um, I don't read an awful lot of comics at the moment, really, that's coming out because I, so much of what I, I read is just from the podcast. But yeah. um, I'm enjoying Night Terrors. Okay. Did you read the Joker one? Yeah. No, I'm not reading the Joker one because I'm, I'm not a big Batman fan as such. I'm just reading the ones that are kind of relevant to my interest. So I'm, I'm delighted that the Golden Age Sandman has, has been rescued yeah. from his, his alpine grave and, and dug up by Dead Man. Um, I recently got a hold of Lou Stringer published another collection of Combat Collins strips. Yeah. Um, I think Lou Stringer is a, a comics god, quite frankly. I wish he was getting more, a lot more work to do. Um, is he selling some of his OA as well at the moment? I think. Yeah, he's doing quite yeah. a lot of that. Um, he's also just published another collection of um, prisoner-related strips and stuff, which I've ordered from. I've yet to receive that. Um, I'll also mention the the comic strip in Doctor Who magazine just now is phenomenal. Um, Alan Barnes and Lee Sullivan, they're killing it. They get six or seven pages every month, and there's more story and development and intrigue than you get in just oh, about nice. American what? 20-odd page comic at the moment. Um, More Doctor Who in a minute, actually, David. Yeah. Oh, um, I spoke to Alan the other night, and he assures me there will be a collection of it all when it's finished, so that should be out before Christmas, I would hope. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much all I've got to kind of... Oh, nice. At the moment. Yeah, the Joker one I'd recommend, it's... um, I won't ruin it all, but the, the somebody dies at the start of it, and the Joker decides his now his, his life is aimless. And he ends up working in an office and just fucking around. Oh, okay. It's, 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 uh, Simon Russell put me into it on the Slack because I, I, like you, I didn't. I'm not. I'm not too certain about that event. You know, I won't be reading yeah. all the spin-offs. But I sort of thought, oh, that sounds a laugh, and it's it's genuinely funny. Yeah, it's, it's a good one. Yeah, yeah. I'll maybe click out then. That'll do. It. Yeah, it's on the app actually. If you got the app, it's on the ultra level or the ultra tier, whatever they call it. Yeah. Nice, Pete. Cool. What would you like to recommend? Well. As you can hear, I have something that is crumpled, and that is <laughs> crumpled by David Dunlop, who I was just talking about. This is a self-anthology comic full of bits and bobs, it says, and literally it comes crumpled up. Oh, I saw this on his socials, actually. Yeah. It is, it's fantastic. Uh, it's The thing about David is he's so, so talented. He's got so many different styles, and he always likes to do something different. Every single thing that he does is is different from the stuff before. Uh, if I could possibly direct people to his Etsy store and you can actually check it out. It's uh, etsy.com forward slash UK forward slash shop forward slash David T Dunlop. If you check that out and just have a look at the sheer variety of stuff that he does because it's... I don't think there's anyone in indie comics currently working the way he does. He, he just thinks outside the box and everything that he does. be a crumpled it is... Yeah, we recommended his um is it called Joyous. Mother or something? The one about 
his mum that one it's almost like a little preview comic a bigger longer thing he's doing and almost yeah. every page is a different discipline of art almost you know uh-huh. yeah that's exactly yeah. what this is like on right and crumpled uh, there's some fake adverts in here as well there's some bits that are just sheer poetry to be honest and uh, there's a bit with a there's a bit about loneliness which is heartbreaking and right. oh it's absolutely gorgeous and totally crumpled up yeah G- absolutely genius and uh, you love, love the guys work the bits and check out david dunlop because he's amazing that's fun nice he, cool. as we uh as we record this his store he's um having a bit of a break and reopening the store on the 14th of august Oh, there you okay. Go. Oh, really? Oh. I know he did South London Zine Fair, didn't he? He's, yeah. He does get about. Yeah. Them, oh, yeah. He does lots yeah. of them. Yeah. He, he literally yeah. just posted it today. I think that he's just having a little bit of a break. Oh, okay. shame. Oh well. well yeah, that, not not uh, shame because that... you never know when people go listen to this. So. Um, well, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you know what? I'm glad he's done that. I, I had a little bit of a rant this week about small presses spending fucking months to send their comics out. Mm. You know. So if you yeah. if you can't send your comic out within what two or three weeks, I'm going to say. Then do close your store down. If you go on holiday, I'll go on holiday for a month. I'll just ignore yeah. all these orders yeah. till yeah. I get back. It's, it's yeah. much like patrons, isn't it? Like um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, recently, I, I had a message. Um, Edison Neo's just sort of like yes, me too. It, actually, he's yeah. like sort of just paused it. Yeah, paused it. And, and that's brilliant. That's what creators should do. You know, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. If 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 they're not providing the thing that people are paying for, um, it's better to pause it because then people aren't going to be charged. Because yeah. I would have thought. If you don't pause it and people aren't getting anything, you're going to lose those they'll people. Cancel. Yeah, they'll cancel yeah. and they'll never yeah. come back. And you have messages saying things like, "Did you send that? Because it got lost, or you know, yeah. which tends to be the the, yeah. the innocent sort of way I go with it. Oh, it must have got lost. You know, yeah. I try and no, get stuff out ASAP because like you just feel so bad if someone's paid you money for your comic, like they're investing in you as a kind of creator, and they've yeah. paid money, and mm-hmm. it's like, why don't you want to get out to them ASAP? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. So, uh, cracking uh, recommendations from our lovely guests. Thanks, guys. T- Tony, do you want to start us off? Yeah, so I've got Cutaway One Shot Demon of Eden, which uh, um, I know David and Pete are Doctor Who fans. So, the, I, I, have you? I, you've heard of this, Pete, haven't you? Have you heard of it, David, at all? Or I've read some of the the Cutaway stuff. They did some stuff with Eric Seward. Um, yes. And yeah, and they've done a Litton comic as well. Believe it or not, I'm a massive yeah. fan. Um, of Philip Martin's Gangsters series. That was my right. obsession during one of the, the phases of lockdown. So um, I was very interested in in the Lytton series because obviously that had a, Philip Martin was involved in that. Um, so I'm vaguely I'm familiar with some of the stuff that Cutway have done. Yeah, but as I say, yeah. my, my interest is on the way these days. So I don't really pick up everything. Um, yeah, I get you. yeah, yeah. Eden, what does what does that involve? Yeah, so I, I'm I've been on what I'm referring to as a Tomathon because I'm rewatching all the Tom the Tom episodes, um, yeah. which I used to post about every episode. But the only person who ever replied on the Slack was Pete. So <laughs> I'm kind of I'm kind of just going to summarise it at the end of the, the, the I'm almost at the Aww. end now. Yeah, yeah. shame. I yeah, look so forward I'm, to those. Shame. Oh, thank you, mate. Cheers. So I'm just, I'm just in the middle of City of Death, so I'm almost oh, I'm getting yeah. there, you know. Um, so I've done Destiny and oh, anyway. So it, uh, it all comes from the fact that I did a podcast with Eamon. We did the Star Beast because obviously we now know it's upcoming as an episode yeah, in the regular yeah. series, but it was a Tom, it was it was a Pat Mills Dave Gibbons story. So I got on this Tomathon, and then as part of it, I realised I had Demon of Eden, which I'd bought from um, Strange Apparitions after they got it off Des himself when they went to Des's house. And got a load of his comics to sell, so it's um, so the company do 
um, basically a lot of different comics based on kind of spin-off characters from Doctor Who. So like you say, like you said, we had the Lytton. Lytton is a character that turns up in Pete Davidson's story, then he turns up in a Colin Baker story. Um, they yeah. do like a Paradise Towers comic, yeah. believe yeah. it or not. Um, they've got, what's the other ones? I, I, to be fair, being Small Press, I've ordered these. They still haven't arrived yet. They do an Eldred Must Live, which is from The Hand of Fear, um, which yeah. is a, that's a great yeah. character. That's, <laughs> that's a, with Omega, haven't they? Yes, yeah, yeah, Omega as well, yeah. Yeah, but um, Hand of Fear is one of those stories. If you ever watch it, it starts off as this sort of Hammer-esque story as a lot of stuff did back then. And it just goes fucking mental in the last episode. <laughs> You're on this yep. planet with loads of people who like got rocks glued to their face. And, you know, it's like, anyway, but it's good. <laughs> and then they do, um, they've done an Orsini. Now, that's a deep cut, isn't it? Um, yeah. From the con- yeah. Yeah. So they've done that. But this is um, more in the style. It's a magazine-sized comic, um, and it mimics issue one of Doctor Who Weekly. It's even got transfers on it. Oh, wow. Excellent. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and uh, the demon, it, it, so it's actually a sequel to the Tom and Lala um, Nightmare of Eden. Incidentally, I reckon in City of Death, they were at it. You could tell from the way they oh, wonder yeah. about Paris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of the great things watching Tom Baker stories. You can you can tell without arguments. because <laughs> You really can, can't you? <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of Leela episodes. I'm like, they ain't getting on there, are they? Yeah. Know, yeah. <laughs> Watch... Yeah. When you get to State of Decay, just watch the pair of them and just nothing else, and you'll just see like the, the before your very eyes the ups and that. Don't dip your pen in the company ink. That's why. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, Shard is still the great missing episode, isn't it? Still yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's so it's um, written by Ian Winterton. It's art by Martin Geraghty. Um, there's okay. some. <clears throat> there's some great great ink wash by Andrew Orton. Letters by Colin Brockhurst, and it's produced. AK edited by them our old pal Des Skin, who has a like a classic Doctor Who weekly page where he talks right. about what he's doing and he's wearing a, a Tom hat in the picture, <laughs> just leering out the camera. You know, he's he, he was funny as fuck when we had him on when really oh, yeah. guys, do you know what I mean? So yeah, he's doing yeah. that. Um so the year is twenty one twenty nine. Eden is um this sort of forested what is considered to be a paradise, but it's not really. Um they've gone there and they've discovered it's just an absolute horror show. And um there's all manner of predators on there. Least of all is the mandrel, which is the creature from the 79 story, um, yep. a four-parter. But they got to have got this from June. So the mandrel is this drug, Vraxoin. Vraxoin, yeah. I think they pronounce it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the mandrel, when it breaks down, becomes this like super addictive drug, um, which is quite an interesting, like, a bit like, like we all know now that Shea Hulud is spice, isn't it? You know, yeah. um, the sort of thing. So it opens on a space convict convent, and you all know how how much I love sexy nuns. Um, <laughs> and it's a run of um, there's one of them is um, she's called um, I think Kiba, and she's got a, one of this almost like a tattoo of a third eye on her forehead, and she's kneeling down and praying. But at the same time, uh, there's a there's a nun who's off her off her face on this drug. And she goes and elects all the creatures from the forest into the uh, into the convent. And of course, the nuns all have to tool up with blasters. Nothing sexier than a nun with a gun. And they go, <laughs> they have to, they have to sort of fight their way out. It get the, the convent gets overrun, so they have to go into the forest. And they think we're we're going to fucking die here. And then they come across a um, a team of hunters who are looking for this creature that's even worse. The mandrel is called the Zarzok. 
and um you think this is just getting worse and worse and i won't ruin it all but it it plays on um there's there's apparently some kind of psychic link between kiba and the planet maybe or some of the creatures yeah. that they're playing on um and it goes off on that but it's done like a doctor it looks and reads like a doctor who weekly story yeah it's yeah it's split up into four four chapters and and the chapters are broken up with things that you would have seen in doctor who weekly so you got the letter right. from des you got readers letters you've got a caption competition which is um, <laughs> yeah which is tom baker cuddling that weird what was it mannequin that i think they might have used in the five doctors of him oh yeah that sort of thing <laughs> um it's also got the do you remember like the information pages about i don't know what you guys are like but i was reading doctor who weekly when it came out and mm-hmm. a lot yeah. of these things I, yeah. I didn't know what the fucking the rescue was from william hartnell or stuff yeah. like, i didn't have a clue um i had the episode guide i think maybe at that point but yeah mm-hmm. i didn't know these couldn't visualize anything about them and so it had these sort of data bank kind of entries and it's done in exactly the same format i sure. haven't gone back and checked to see if they just lifted all the text i'm not going to say it's des so who knows i would never say that but who knows do you know what i mean um yeah. there's an advert i don't know if you remember the licorice adverts that you used to get with the guy with the sort of yeah uh, the hat on the, the back element. that's it yeah but they've done it as trist from nightmare on eden so it's, <laughs> it's trist's face yeah, yeah it's there's a real lot of love in it um and yeah it's really good so um you can go to cutawaycomics.co.uk and you can find some of this they describe it as old hue old who new comics um cool. absolute joy to read like it really took me back to those doctor who weeklies which was yeah. usually like a doctor who strip and then it had other stuff in it as well didn't it yeah, yeah from the same yeah, universe they, they reprinted um marvel's 70s versions of like what are the worlds and invisible man and all that that's sort of right stuff, yeah the, the classics comic cool. stuff yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and then you had stuff like Junkyard Demon in there, and you had you know all this sort of just amazing stuff in the comics. Yeah, back then. yeah, really Actually, good stuff. I was I was in I was in FP Glasgow this afternoon, right. um, looking for something in the back issue section. Um, I'm not not going to tell Peter what. It's a low key surprise, and I've I'd never <laughs> 2000 AD. I was flicking through the 2000 AD boxes looking for something, and I saw some what was he called Slice? This cover uh-huh. stuff. Appeared to be a complete ripoff of Absalom Dark, the Dalek killer. He looked identical. Oh, this rings a bell. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I need someone to fill me in on that somehow. At some point. <laughs> that was very interesting. Well, Absalom Dark is canon now, isn't he? Because he appeared in that the new series, yeah. didn't he? he? Appeared on the screen, didn't he? Boxed up in Time Heist, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So this this um this character, he seems to be part of a hero team or something. But I was look when that's absolutely. I mean, I should I should have picked them up. I might do that. Maybe I'll come back in. Yeah, the universe. There you go. Multiverse. There we are. Yeah, yeah. On, yeah. But I, I looked around. at Doctor Who Weekly one today at the Comic Mart. I was flicking through the magazine boxes, and it's—I mm-hmm. think it was thirty quid. Yeah, not too bad. Transfers? Yeah. Oh yeah, it did have transfers on it. Yeah, oh, I didn't it's, open it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I thought it was pretty good value. Yeah, that's my first one, guys. It's called uh, Cutaway One Shot Demon of Eden. There you go. Cool. Hey, nice, nice. Dan. What's yours? Uh, I've got two mangas. Uh, I quickly went in on, uh, which were both from very different and kind of odd. I didn't didn't expect what I got. The uh, first one is uh, Sakamoto Days, and I think Tom Curry recommended this in when we did Manga Month. Mm. It's I'm on the sure. um, it's on the Shonen Jump app, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I read the first one, and essentially it's about like this kind of legendary hitman who ends up uh, meeting a, the, the lady of his dreams and retiring and become a shop owner. And the the organization he used to work for essentially saying, right, we want to kill him. We don't want him around anymore. Uh, I kind of hate that premise of there's the ultimate assassin and the way we're going to deal with him is by killing him 
by his former employers that seems to have been done to death that fucking story yeah. <laughs> but uh it's fun i mean it wasn't really my cup of tea i, I kind of realized through reading this i kind of like the more serious manga the stuff that kind of takes itself a bit more serious when it's a bit more humorous and jokey it doesn't really land with me and as you mentioned tony i think it's the uh sometimes the humor doesn't translate yeah and sometimes, yeah, sometimes. i get it yeah but like the some of the stuff in One Punch Man, I find that funny. In this, I was like, oh, okay, I can sort of take it or leave it. It's the the, the sort of the craftsmanship's all there. Like the artwork is absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah, I don't always get the humor in One Punch Man, but the visuals are so good in that book. It yeah, just carries it carries you through, it. Doesn't it. Yeah. I mean, the superhero fights in One Punch Man uh, is just like incredible. Fuck me, yeah. if some of the, the the sort of Western comics could be like this, like this at times, it'd be like, oh, this is fantastic. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, I listened to you do the. Uh, Superman. Uh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. On the Never I Own Anything, and mm-hmm. you talk Triangle. briefly about the uh, the Doomsday uh, fight, and that I can remember reading that. Thinking, fucking, okay, no, this is going on and on. I didn't really clock about that whole the panels going down from each issue. From yeah, till it was just one page splashes. One page. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah, that's my first one. I, I mean, if you got the Shannon Jump app, give it a, give it a shout. Try that yeah. one out. Uh, I bought that book for the boy, and he didn't bother to read it, but I did. So, <laughs> uh, the second one was even weirder uh, Assassination Classroom have you heard of this one? yes I have I haven't read it though yeah uh, written by Yusei Matsui and published by uh, Viz Media it's very odd the 75% of the moon is blown up by this strange kind of octopus creature that wears like a kind of uh, an acid smiley face mask and he take he becomes the teacher of this class, and he's an absolutely fantastic teacher. And he says, like in a year's time, I'm going to blow up the world. But he's an amazing teacher of this classroom of, of kids, of these kind of wayward kids. What have, the, I, have the, I just taken drugs? No, no, what? no. That's exactly the story. <laughs> so the government goes. Yes, you they, have. They, oh, all, the, the, all the governments <laughs> across the world have tried to kill this thing, and they cannot do it. This won't work. Wherever they try, it's, it's kind of like he's like a superhuman on crack there's no chance for getting him so they say to the students they'll give him 10 billion yen to any one of them that kill him so through the course of the first book the the students are trying to take him out and it's failing but actually he's a really good teacher but he's still under this thing of like in a year's time i'm gonna blow up the earth what does he feel does he feel bad about it no it's just a statement of fact this is what i'm gonna do right there's a job in it but yeah, obviously it's going to go somewhere from the first book of him just sort of. There's a reason for this and why he's doing everything. And but yeah, it's it's a weird one. I was like, what the hell is this about? I thought from the title, <laughs> Assassination Classroom, is going to be like, oh, it's a school of assassins or something. So when you get this kind of like weird octopus creature that they tried to kill him several times in the first book, but it's with BB BB guns for some reason. These body hates BB guns when it hits it kind of explodes but the entire classroom like all sit stand up in the beginning of the book and start firing these BB guns and he's moving at like light speed and none of them are hitting him and it's just like where the hell is this story gonna go I couldn't make We've this all up that sort of stuff haven't we yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he's good he's a good teacher what yeah, yeah it's, it's really bizarre but uh very interesting That's oh cool sad. do you know I'm I mean, it sounds weird, but I'm kind of fascinated to see where a story like that goes. Yeah, like, where's that go? It's so <laughs> so random that it's like, okay, let's see, let's see this play out. Only in yeah. comics. 
Yeah. I'll send you a picture for of the. Uh, oh, that's interesting. IMDb they've made a, a, a an anime of it, and they've got a live action. Of course. Oh my god! Of course. Yeah. I'll send that in the. Uh, I'll, oh, yeah. I'll stick that in. <laughs> it's usually a kind of a good sign of like this is this is a quality book because yeah. they've gone as far as that. I've just stuck that on in the Zoom chat so you can take a look at that. Oh, cool. Nice. There Google you go. It. Google it, everyone. Um, my uh, my recommendation this week. I went. I picked up a, a Comicsology original. I say picked up. I uh, I rented it from the Prime Reading Library. Basically, I didn't spend any money. Um, <laughs> well, I say that. I say it that. It's a bargain. I say that. I've paid for the Prime membership. Do you know what I mean? So, exactly. You know, yeah. So yeah, I might well make the big role of you. And I will. I will say that um, if any of our listeners have something like that. Don't miss out on this because it is basically like a reading library that has like lots of different comics and trades and graphic novels and stuff. And all of those Comicsology originals are on there. One of which um, I haven't read yet, but that, is it Barnstormers, the Eisner winning oh, yeah. uh, Scott Snyder one? That's that's all on oh, yeah. there. With um, all... the lady organises Thought Bubble. Yeah, Tula Latte. Tula Latte, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there's like, of course, we're also we're at a point now where a lot of them have collected volumes. You could, you could, you know, as they were coming out, you could have read the issues. But now there's a there's an abundance of like collected editions. And I picked up one called Census, um, on there, which was it had a striking sort of cover of this this guy. He almost looks like a, a John Constantine light, um, in amongst a, a busy sort of street crowd. Um, he's got a little, a little sort of iPad in front of him, but all of the people around him are weird supernatural monsters. It's like a street scene, but everyone else happens to be a supernatural monster other than him. And I thought, okay, let's let's give this a go. And it was sort of sat on the reading pile. You know, what it's like you go to the library, you read, you hire out a bunch of books, you read the rest, and there's one that you don't don't quite get to straight away, is there? And so I just thought, oh, so I, I I sat down, I thought, let's see, see where this goes, and I was. Uh, and I just started reading it, and I didn't stop. I just, I just kept going. I was like, oh, yeah, this is quite, you know, this, the time flew by. I was invested in the characters. Um, it feels very sort of episodic. It's I think it's um, five issues in the first volume of this one. Uh, the creators just uh, is uh, Mark, written and created by Mark Bernardin and Adam Freeman. I believe Mark is one of the guys that does that um, Fat Man on Batman with Kevin Smith. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, art and colours by Sebastian Perez. Lettering by Bernardo Bryce. Edited by Sarah Litt. And uh, yeah, this was just a, a great little s- series. The synopsis is to get the job of a lifetime, sometimes you have to sell your soul. Liam Malone gets a job working for the Census Bureau, registering all the demons, succubi, and other supernatural beings in New York. The job of a lifetime might just cost him his life. Um, so he basically just need this guy just needs a job. He goes in and uh, so he's basically just I'll go round and basically sort of tally up all of the these weird supernatural creatures that are in New York, which is on paper you just think well that doesn't sound like much of a comic book. This guy just getting signatures, but there's so many like unique and fun ideas in this. And immediately starts the first page is him actually sort of like <laughs> strapped to a bed in his pants. Uh, surrounded by uh, succubi, uh, we've been there. This, yeah, a very, <laughs> um, and <laughs> how he gets out of that's quite quite funny. It, there is a there's a real real charm and wit to it. 
Um, well, no, I mentioned like Constantine just a minute ago. It's not that sort of darkness. It's it's more of a it's a lighter tone, but it still keeps supernatural elements. I mean, there's things from ghosts to uh, Baba Yaga, um, which is a a witch that is baking children into pies. Bonium song. Yeah, <laughs> of course you know that. Um, and like, there's lots of there's there's demons. There's all kinds of things. But Malone's he's a really likable character, and this is something that. I always sort of like try to I try to pay attention to how how much I actually like and in, am invested in the main characters of sort of independent and small press books especially the ones that that go you know that are just like right we're following this one person it really does hinge on how much you're with them or you like them and he's not a perfect guy he's sort of down on his luck but you are He's and he is working for hell, but it's he's not one of those grizzled smoking like fifty cigarettes a day and drinking. He's just a normal guy, and like when he's he's coming, he's faced with some sort of dark and twisted scenarios, and he kind of he wants to do the right thing as well, which of course gets him in trouble with his bosses, who are like, "You're not supposed to be doing this. You're just supposed to be taking the thumbprints." Um. So, you've got that story going along. Um, there's a there's a romantic arc in there, and I'm a sucker for romance. Me, I, I love a romantic story. Okay, uh, and it's quite nice. I like book. sort of romantic things. Not those. Not like that, Tony. There's nothing. Okay, like that. <laughs> that's um, a proper romance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and the five, you know, it, it kind of ended um, in a way that I hope there's more. Do you know what I mean? It, it's sort of like, oh, this arc came to a sort of natural conclusion. I say conclusion. It does feel like each issue as well is kind of episodic in the fact that he's got to get this person's signature on this particular time, which which gives birth to a, a, a larger individual story with each each issue. Um, and the, the sort of romantic arcs, etc. Other like subplots going through it. Um, really, really cool. I was really surprised. I, I was... You know, I, I looked at it thinking, eh, I love it when you just get these comics. You just think, yeah, just give that a read. And before you know it, you're like, right, next page, next page. Next. You, yeah. you just, yeah. I was unaware. You know, every, every time like the the front cover of the next, you know, chapter three came up, I was like, oh fuck, I've read four issues already, and that's that's a joy. So if you want something, yeah. you know, a, a quick read, light but really cool. Um, it's also these books are in print via Dark Horse. That's the um, that's the agreement they've got, isn't it? I think the Comicsology originals. Yeah, I think a lot of them have that deal, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, so if you want a print copy, um, just look it up on Dark Horse or just read it online. So there you go. It's or buy cool. it from the Forbidden Planet Glasgow. There you go. Sensor, there you go. Census yes. volume <laughs> volume one. Well, oh, order well especially that's one. Yeah. 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 So much so, if if volume two comes out, I'll I'll be straight on it. You know what I mean? That's the that's the joy of a collected edition, isn't it? Okay, Tony. Last one. So Thanks mine so. is, um, this is a very quick one, Mole Number 9 by Andrew Pilkington. Um, I reviewed his book, Mozzarella Halloween, before. Um, <laughs> has, has anyone heard of this dude? No. Fucking <laughs> hell. Um, <laughs> this is A4 magazine size, but with car- a sort of cardstock um, pages and cover. Uh, full colour, £10. I got mine through the one-stop shop for underground in the UK, which is Third Bear Press, which is where you should all be getting your US underground from. Um, 
how do you describe it? It's fucking a difficult one to talk about. Pilkington draws in a way that you might think he was banged up in a uh, a mental institution. Um, it is it is utterly disgusting. Uh, it shows. <laughs> There's a full quote. <laughs> there you go. Have that, Andrew. It shows mutilation, gore, blood. You know, I showed the, I showed Vincent Dan some some pages from this earlier. Yeah. If you are suffering hair loss, this will be literally will keep you awake at night um, because it's, <laughs> it fixates on hair loss and hair and what people do and some people do it on purpose, but not just the hair on your. It's mostly about the hair on your head. People ripping clumps out of it and shaving and cutting it, almost like scalping themselves and this sort of thing. But there's a little moment where a lady who's fallen asleep has her pubes trimmed as well. Very strange. Um, don't read it on a full stomach, but it is. I'm glad it's out there. I'm glad that Pilkington is doing these books, you know, because they just show what you can do. It does. It does have a, a a gory alternative underground horror to it, which is really interesting. Um, and it plays on it. It it, it basically um gets a relationship, gets a group of friends who are, you know, probably all groups of friends that we grew up with, you know, sitting around a pool talking shit about each other. And then it just fucking goes off a million miles an hour in about 85 different directions. Um, <laughs> t- totally for adults. Um, you can get it at thirdbearpress.com. Go and buy a copy of it. Um, buy, if you've got another, if you've got a full stomach, go and, go and have a look at Mozzarella Halloween. Probably have a look at it before you buy it. But um, yeah, this is issue nine of it. So I, I guess this is, I think he's an Australian cray off the back. Yeah, he is. I think he's from Victoria in Australia. But um, Mole, issue nine. There you go. That's my second one. Nice. So there you go. A massive list of creators and comics for you lovely people to check out. And we hope you enjoyed listening to this week's episode. Very enlightening. Thanks, thanks to yeah. uh, David yeah. and Peter again for joining us. Thanks for having us. A pleasure. Um, Thank you. A, thanks for coming on. A pleasure. Yeah. A pleasure. <laughs> it's always nice. Always enough. a pleasure. Never a chore. <laughs> <laughs> But it, it, can you say the same about like producing a, a podcast? Um, those, those no editing long, required on this one. Those, it's fine. Those, those long hours and dark. Rooms this is this where... is a dream for you, Pete, and it just having people talk and then yeah. you basically cut the ends off and stick yeah. it out. Easy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm shocked. I was shocked when you cut when you put on anything that we did say a long time ago now. Yeah, like, pretty much ten minutes after we just recorded it, it was like <laughs> yeah, wasn't what? it? I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I sometimes I, I sometimes feel bad because I, I do wait a bit before I tell someone I'm putting it out. So I sometimes think they feel, I feel like they think I do. I put more editing into it, but uh, yeah, no, no, exactly. Fearless professionals. That's about yeah. us, Pete. Yeah, that's, that's, yes, there yeah, you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and if you liked this week's slice of professionalism and comic book chatter, and, and want to hear more, or if you've got any events, um, as as we said it mentioned earlier, some events just pass us by unless someone sort of yeah. finds it on the grapevine. So certainly, if, you, if there's any comic, I know book a couple events, of people about small press. I know. Was it? I can't remember on the Slack. It was saying, "Hang on, a minute, it's Small Press Day." You know, it's like that. Yeah, yeah. not everyone's yeah. on Twitter. Yeah, that's yeah, the thing, exactly. You know. So if um, and also with the tire fire that social media and all this kind of stuff is at the moment, if you've got any events that you just want to get the word out about, please get in touch with us because we'll just we'll put them in the shout outs. We'll, you know, and you never know who might be listening and just suddenly go, "Fucking hell, that's just down the road for me." How did I not yeah, know about exactly. that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's several different ways you can get in touch with us. You can email us awesomecomicspod at gmail.com on social media at the awesome pod. Just get in touch with us there where we'll be retweeting and just generally spreading the positivity of comics. Join our Slack group 
and channels etc uh, wonderful community of people on there just talking about comics making comics just generally it's just good stuff and it's just i tell you what dui3 is on the bubble it's very close now to being yeah, finished so i think nice yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. thanks yeah. to you two guys actually yeah well, very you know, cool I, I read the forward out. today yeah yeah mm, there you go so plenty of exciting stuff to check out and you might be privy to some of that if you go to the Slack group, so get on board. Mm. And uh, thank you for listening to us, whether it was on the website, awesomecomics.podbean.com. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, subscribe and just leave a review and just say something nice because we've got fragile egos and we put our voices on the internet, so we clearly just need someone to hug us. Um, we need to be wanted. We just, yeah, that's, that's why we're here. Um, but if you listen to us on any other sort of network, like Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher, Podnose, Podknife, what other networks are we on, Tony? We're on the pod network. Lizzo made me do it. <laughs> I was seriously wondering about it. Can I like enter my name into something where I never have to hear about Lizzo ever again <laughs> on any platform, anything? <laughs> Normally, listeners, we've got some sort of clue of what he might say at this yeah. point. That no, came out of nowhere. <laughs> Uh, it's excuse for everything now why haven't you submitted this paper Lizzo wouldn't let me (laughs) (laughs) I'll provide that down for my excuses Um, but where can people find us online etc Tony neveronanything.com put two podcasts out this week surprised to me me. so there's one one from Johnny Cannon which is great John John and Al great on it and um, one is the one you mentioned earlier about the Superman triangle story so there's a two issue the thing there about a domestic violence incident which is it's the two comics that precedes the doomsday event really interesting yeah nice damn it's a real juxtaposition there isn't there <laughs> yeah it really is isn't there yeah yeah, yeah it really yeah. is yeah, yeah five issue punch fest <laughs> uh where can you find me you can find me on x <laughs> Uh, no, you can the way you the... laugh to yourself, Dan, yeah. and immediately <laughs> date your humour with that yeah. reference. Uh, I think it's Twitter. It's still kind of Twitter. Uh, just just uh, say social media. At, at Vanguard Comic, and you can read Vanguard at VanguardComic.com. We're coming up to the end of issue 21. So. God, I'm so, nice. well, I'm so, like, every time I read it, Dan, I'm on the edge of my seat, and I both love and hate you. I don't know where, I don't know. People are just getting limbs ripped off. Yeah, There's, this yeah. then one. Getting a lot of love fucking... this week, man, that new page. A lot of people. Yeah. Oh, cheers, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. kind of, yeah. It's real, there's going to be a big shocker at the end of this issue, so stay tuned. Oh, God, a big oh, shocker, Dan. See, I know, right. I'm just scared. It's fine. That's, it's why you fine. Need, that's why you need to read this comic, yeah. because it's amazing. Uh, Look at how emotionally thank you. invested thank you. Um, you can find me on social media, at Jester Diablo, and the wonderful Earth 2 guys. Where can they find you, and more importantly, your wonderful show? We can find the show at the Earth 2 podcastpodbeancom uh, on social media, on Facebook and Instagram. We're at the Earth 2 Podcast and on Twitter, as it as I'm using the traditional name. Uh, you can find us at podcast at podcast underscore Earth 2. And it's the number two for everything. It's not TWO, it's the number. Good stuff, man. Great. Where can we find you, Peter? Where can we find you personally? Give out your home address. Uh, down and, the and, path, and, and your phone number. We need a sort code, <laughs> sort code and account number. Uh, you can find me at facebook.com forward slash watson's comics or if you want to check out some of my comics you can go to watsonscomics.bigcartel.com i only have two out so far but there is something else in the pipeline yeah i love your stuff man yeah oh cheers awesome david what about you 
I'm I'm on Twitter, David Steele, D A V A D S T W L. I'm on Instagram, underscore D A V A D. So there we go. You can just see photographs and from my my job as a stagehand and my witterings on Twitter. Twitter's oh. a Twitter's hellish now, so I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. only on just a microblog. I used to spend a lot more time conversing, but I'm I still pop up on it occasionally. Yeah. So sometimes I I look at it and go the hell is all this nonsense why am i looking at this and now i'll go and yeah. do something else turn it off man yeah 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 um but <laughs> you don't have to turn off this show because we're winding it up so thank <laughs> you very much for <laughs> listening everyone we really really appreciate it wherever you are in the world we hope you're happy healthy reading lots of comics you love be they new comics be they old comics whatever comic as long as you're enjoying comics we're happy that's that's the main thing and you're happy yeah. which is brilliant and we want everyone to be happy because mm. we love you very much don't we dan we do yes uh two guys you love our listeners don't you of course oh, we do yes tony you love them don't you fucking hate them <laughs> it's so immediate as well yeah. you bring it out of me you what? make me do it's, it. gone, it's gone from not loving to hate him i know no, i don't really hate them all i don't hate no. them all yeah it's just it's if you're just... on the Slack, I love you. Yeah. How about that? If you go on the Slack, I'll make love to you. No, Ixnay uh, <laughs> uh, uh, on the Uckfay. Pete's on the me? Slack. He knows. Oh yes. <laughs> what? A miracle oh. visit to Glasgow. Yes. Oh, <laughs> we got, I got. Okay. That's what I got. I got. Okay. Okay. I got we a shoulder to... rub in the pub. We need to. Dis... <laughs> you keep your private business to yourself. We need to talk about this off the air. Until <laughs> until then, while me and Dan are being shocked by what we're about to hear. <laughs> Read loads of comics, make loads of comics, and as always, I don't know, what should they do, guys? Stay awesome. Stay awesome. Stay awesome. Hey. hey. Perfect. Bye, everyone. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>